comic timing is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network, Network bitch. <laughs> Print it. Hey there, folks. My name's Ian Levenstein, and welcome to episode 148 of Comic Timing. Yeah, you just heard New York Comic Con 2012 last episode, but guess what? I'm not waiting a year again. That ain't gonna happen this time around. I'm actually on top of this stuff, and I'm gonna be putting out all the interviews and conversation that I had at this year's New York Comic Con, 2013 New York Comic Con, the one that just happened, the one that is actually fresh in everybody's minds, only about a week after the event. Ain't that a hoot? I had some uh, pretty good interviews this time around. Some oldies, some newbies. Never had Vito Del Sante on the show before, and he is one of my favorite people to talk to. So it was nice to get some information on his new book and his Kickstarter. And I'll have all the information in the show notes on how to get to everything that is mentioned in this show. But of course, in the interview itself, he gives all of his information there. You can find him at Incognito just about everywhere on the internet. But uh, I've also got Andrew Charapar in this episode, Jeremy Dale, Jamal Eigel, I've got Brian J.L. Glass, of course Julian Lytle, because what would a convention be without Julian, and two other newcomers to the show who I've talked to plenty of times uh, on the internet, but never in person until this point, Mr. Dave Gallagher and Steve Ellis. And I've got Cliff from Asbury Park Comic Con and uh, the new uh, New York show that he's putting on on this episode. All those not necessarily in the order that I said them, but you know what? You'll listen to the episode, and you'll be able to find that out for yourself. I had a great time at New York Comic Con this year. It was a very different experience for me because this was the first time that Podcast Arena was set up in the Artist Alley. And there were some positives and negatives to that. On the positive side, uh, not nearly as much noise as uh, we would have necessarily gotten on the uh, show floor which was nice, and, and, you know, we were right there with all of our artist friend and writer friends, so we didn't have to walk the forever hallway from the exhibit hall to the Javits North to get there, which was nice, and it, it helped when I was meeting up after the con with uh, Adam and Comfort, who yet again stayed with uh, me and Chris in Brooklyn to make their lives a little bit easier and a little bit cheaper, and so that we got our time in with Adam and Comfort, and uh, we... Uh, Went out to dinner just about every single night with a Shake Shack on Thursday, and uh, we showed them some nice vegetarian places on Wednesday, and uh, went out to Italian on Saturday, and a vegan sandwich shop on Friday, which I almost forgot about there, and then Sunday we just relaxed back at the house with some pizza, and uh, their, their buddy Marvin came over, and uh, they were actually staying at his place on the way back. So they gave him a lift back to his place and stayed at his place for a day and then headed on back to Flint, Michigan. But one of the, I guess one of the major negatives about this year's New York Comic Con for Podcast Arena is that we didn't have any signage, which really started to become apparent because people who were trying to find us weren't really able to find us. We were in the very far back end of Artist Alley. We were row double A. Yeah, once you start getting into double letters, you know that we're in the middle of nowhere in the back. And there would be folks that would walk by expecting us all to be artists. 
And then we'd have to explain to them, no, 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 this is the podcast dial. This is where all the podcasts are hanging out. So go ahead and take my business card and their business card and check us out on the internet. And hopefully there are a few folks who found us at New York Comic Con listening to this episode. And if you are, welcome to Comic Timing. My name is Ian normal co-host Brent Casina you will hear probably on the next episode because he was not at New York because Brent Casina just moved into a house yeah and and not just that but he got rid of every single one of his single issues on Craigslist recently so he's entirely digital now all of his old collection has vamoosed I believe he was selling them all for 50 cents to a buck and uh, someone in the Florida area took it off his hands, and now he's entirely digital. And you know what? Good for him. I mean, that's a lot less clutter when you're moving into a new place. So he can start off fresh and have less uh, in the attic or the basement or what have you. And, you know, in general, here's to a new house, Brent, and hopefully you'll have a nice recording space for when you record with me, because that's still happening. You're not getting out of that. But anyway, yeah, as I was saying, we didn't have any signage for Podcast Arena. We didn't get a lot of the walkovers that we usually get. Because, I mean, you've listened to to the New York Comic Con wrap-ups, or at least I hope you have, once or twice. And a lot of those took place at the table. And the way they would take place is, you know, sort of like if you've watched How I Met Your Mother, it was sort of like a Have You Met Ted moment where they would come over and they'd pitch me their book, Have You Met Ted? Would you like to record an interview about what you're talking about? Sure. Okay, sit on down. I'll interview you, and we'll get going from there. Didn't get one of those all weekend long. Did not have any walkovers. So I went ahead and walked myself and found some friends and talked to them and You've got yourself a New York Comic Con episode, but it was a very different experience for Podcast Arena that way. I'm not quite sure if I'm going to set up in the arena next year because, well, for one thing, I brought all that equipment with me and it turned out to be almost like a prop because I didn't use it once the entire weekend. And one of my wires was faulty anyway, so that would have been a pain in the ass. But, uh, you know, I did use the portable recorder, and I could just as easily do that without a table. I mean, sure, it's nice to get rid of a bunch of my old back issues via a dollar bin. Uh, uh, what You know, every year we have a short box at, at the table, and uh, it's actually gone up in price every single year. First it was 25 cents, then it was 50 cents, then it was a dollar. It's probably going to stay at a dollar if I do it next year, but we had a dollar been at the table along with some trades and some DVDs that I was able to get rid of. And yeah, that's that's a nice bonus for being set up at a table, but it's not something I necessarily need. Like, I, I could do that other ways. Like, if there's a super show again, I could do that, or I could sell them to a nearby shop if I really need to. But I think I can very easily do the roaming reporting thing and just not have a table next year and put my stuff down at Adam and Comfort's table if necessary or at one of the other podcasts that's set up there we'll see once 2014 comes around uh because obviously i got an entire year to think about that but yeah i'm not quite sure if you're going to see me at podcast arena this upcoming near comic-con which will be the same weekend they have announced that that they're not moving anytime soon it's going to be in october and i am fine with that because the weather actually turned out to be pretty damn good all weekend long Starting on Thursday, it was in the, I guess, the low 60s, and then we had a nice hot day on Friday, and they thought they were going to get a large amount of rain on Saturday, and it turned out to just be a little bit. It it didn't rain at the beginning of the con like they thought it was going to, so we avoided that 
uh, pardon my French clusterfuck, that could have happened with folks trying to wind up outside in the pouring rain would not have been too good. They did have a queue room, but I'm sure that there would have been a, a mad dash to get inside if that was the case. The new RFID system worked pretty well shockingly actually because i was not expecting them to be able to pull this off but you know you you tapped in to get into the con you tapped out to leave the con and it was effective enough uh they could they could improve on that a little bit uh, in upcoming years and they learned a huge lesson after day one because they were tweeting out uh, you've probably seen this on the on the blogs, uh, and if you haven't, I'll let you know about it here real quick. On day one, on that Thursday, they were actually tweeting out canned tweets for anybody who had linked their social media accounts to their badge, saying stuff like, you know, welcome to the best four days of the year, and it would tweet out on your account. And you saw people like Harry Knowles tweeting this out, and you know that they wouldn't wind up doing stuff like that. Um, and Brian Crescente, I think, was one of the other ones. Uh, he's a video game blogger that uh, that you might be familiar with but they they turned that off after day one because they had enough people including matt fraction and will wheaton i saw them tumbling about it and all that stuff try and get the word out they turned that off after day one it was a kerfuffle as well with a outlet that wound up getting a press pass through i believe xm sirius they were not actually associated with xm sirius and they were harassing a whole bunch of cosplayers that got resolved by the end of the weekend there were ads that were set up i believe for arizona iced tea with a slogan of do you have big cans that was resolved by the end of the weekend and that's something that i like to see with new york comic-con it's like Yes, they might make some mistakes along the way, but they own up to those mistakes and they do their best to solve them before the convention is even over. There are a bunch of shows out there that you know would not do that. And yet New York Comic Con owns up to their errors and they learn from them and you rarely see them repeated in following years. You know, no no con is absolutely perfect, but I'd say about 80% of my experience in New York Comic Con this year was an improvement over previous years. The flow of the floor felt a little looser. It was easier to get through aisles, even on that choke Saturday. And I had myself a wonderful experience. I got a great X-Men print from Russell Bowerman, I believe his name was, on Friday of a, a nine, of the 90s X-Men team for 20 bucks, which I'm going to be putting up on the wall, and I'll more than likely post a photo of it once I do. I got uh, a sketch from Ken Knudsen, who you might remember from the last episode that I put out from My Monkey's Name is Jennifer. He uh, gave me a sketch of Robot and Monster Girl from Invincible, which I'm putting up on my Invincible wall. Those of you who have visited my apartment, which are not many of you, actually, um, would know that I have a full wall of sketches I've gotten at conventions and at Super Show and stuff like that of different characters from Invincible. And now I've got Robot and Monster Girl to add to that collection, which looks gorgeous, and it's in Ken's own style, and that's what I like to see out of con sketches because they can't all look exactly the same because there's different art styles, and that's that's the way art works. I had a great time, 
and you're going to hear a little bit of that great time here on this episode. I don't want to ramble on for more than the 12 minutes that I've apparently been doing that, maybe a little bit less after editing, but you won't know about the editing, so I'm going to shut up now and just give you guys some further information about Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, where you can get the cheapest comic books around 50% off all hardcovers and trades from DC and Marvel this month and most months for that matter. You can get that at DCBS. They've also got Doc Savage number one, The Return of the Man of Bronze for 50% off, only a buck ninety-nine, and a whole bunch of other deals like Richard Stark's Parker Slayground, 50% off for $8.99. But there's one deal in particular that I want to point out And we didn't get an interview with them because it was so hectic. But as I said, Adam and Comfort stayed with us. Comfort and Adam, that is, because that's how they list themselves in previews. That's how I'm going to say them in real life. Comfort and Love and Adam Withers stayed with us over the weekend. And they have their Rainbow in the Dark complete series available through Diamond this month. The product code is OCT. 131029. That's OCT 131029. If you go to their live journal and you could just search Adam and Comfort blog or Comfort Love and Adam Withers blog and you'll find their live journal. They actually have a how to on how to order, which is absolutely adorable. It's Dennis Chibis. You should check it out. But what DCBS is doing this month is they are giving them a 45% discount. They want you to buy this. I want you to buy this. You should go ahead and buy it. For only $16.49, that's off the regular price of $30, you can get Rainbow in the Dark, the complete series. You can't beat that. I mean, a whole bunch of the issues inside are extended, and I would just go ahead and buy it right now if you have the opportunity. And you can save even more off of that if you use the promo code ct 8 if this is your first time using DCBS. So if you haven't done it before, give it a shot right now. Buy Rainbow in the Dark. I was one of the editors on the book. Even if I wasn't, I would be telling you guys to read this book because it was a hell of a lot of fun. The art is superb. Comfort and Adam Styles work together like water and more water. <laughs> like bread and butter. And the story itself is great. It's it's very much based in the music realm, and uh, there's a battle between black and white and color going on. And go ahead and check it out. I would suggest it. Sixteen forty nine, forty five percent off of the regular thirty dollars. UCT eight, get it eight percent off your first order with DCBS. Thank you so much for your support, Discount Comic Book Service. We greatly appreciate it, and thank you for supporting Comfort and Adam for that matter, because this is their first time in Diamond, and I don't want it to be the last time. And it won't be as long as you guys go out there and buy their book. Without further ado, here is my trip to the Jacob Javits Center from Thursday through Sunday at New York Comic Con. Enjoy! So it's Thursday. I left my headphones at home, but I think this is going to sound just fine. I'm here with my first interview of the day and of the weekend. So you get the pleasure of being I'm the honor. You're, yeah, you get the pleasure and the honor and the privilege of Mr. Vito Del Sante being the first guest. Vito, what's going on? Hi, how are you? I am doing just peachy because I'm not exhausted yet. Yeah, it, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, Mr. Uh, so, uh, Social Security Guards himself. <laughs> I knew that was coming up. I, you, you know, I um, 
I came up with another really terrible idea. Oh yeah. And I said, uh, I gave it to, I gave it, quote unquote, yeah. to um, some friends of mine that are a little more. I love them to death, but a little more pervy. Uh-huh. So I said, hey, I have an idea for a um, for a comic for you guys to do. Mm-hmm. It's called Reverse Cowgirl. It's about a it's about a cowboy. Oh god. So. I don't know. I, I, Giddy up. I, 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 when you're tired. That's when things, the best ideas come, man. I don't know how good they are. Well, all right. That's when ideas come, yeah, yeah. one way or the other. I don't want to get my earwax on these. It's fine. It's, oh, all, okay. it, it's all good, but thanks anyway. Or give you mine. Yeah, it. either way. So uh, you just you just had a, an announcement this week, uh, yeah. a, a launch yeah, yeah. At, at, the, at the Kickstart thing that I've been hearing so much about, the, uh, the, the kids these days. The they kids, keep talking about it. The kids love the Kickstarter. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we, um, it's uh, a book that I did called Stray. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's essentially a superhero book. Yeah. Um, the best way to explain it is blank man dies. Okay. His former sidekick, R. Yeah. Who is now known as blank. Okay. Comes to avenge him. <laughs> so, I mean, it sounds like I'm talking about something completely different. Right. right. But, you know, like I wear my... Literally, I wear my influences on my sleeve as I show you my Batman tattoo. Lucky bastard. But, you know, I've always had an affinity for sidekicks. Uh And I, my favorite character in all comics, Mm -hmm. that isn't one of mine anyway, is uh, Dick Grayson. Right. And the reason why, when I was growing up, my father wasn't around a lot. Mm -hmm. So, watching the Adam West Batman show, I kind of, in my three, four-year-old head, whatever it was. Imagine. Yeah, I said, oh, yeah. he must be fighting crime. He's Batman. And I, I this is a true story. Uh-huh. I was in nursery school, and I was standing on the top of a, of a slide. Mm-hmm. And I stood there with my hands on my hips, and I said, I'm Robin the Boy Wonder. And this kid was like, wa- you know how everybody thinks they're cool, uh-huh. walking up the slide? Yeah. He's like, no, you're not. And I just literally pushed him back down. <laughs> because I didn't say a word. I just, you denied my, which isn't a very heroic thing to do, but I pushed him back down. <laughs> so I, you know, I've always enjoyed Robin, Dick Grayson, yeah. Nightwing. And you still wish to this day you were Robin. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I wish I had the legs. I wish I had the hair. <laughs> um, but no, those things just aren't to be. But You yeah. um, can't win them all. Yeah, never can. But, I, you know, it's a character that I, I genuinely feel affinity for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I relate to, you yeah. know, for, for reasons being what they are. Right. So my father died when I was 15, and mm-hmm. I went through a really rough time. Yeah. And um, it took a couple of years. I went through a couple of different creations that I wanted to put out there first. And somehow or other, I, I really don't understand it. This was... Nobody knows this, and you're, you're getting, I guess, an exclusive on this set. Wow, I, I totally feel like VH1 behind the music <laughs> right now. This story was supposed to be a comedy uh-huh. called Bad Dog, mm-hmm. which Joe Kelly eventually ended up doing a book called Bad Dog. Yeah. And it was basically Silver Age Batman meets Kirby Enthusiasm. Okay. And what happens is the, the mentor character retires... And he's giving everything to his sidekick. Yeah. So the sidekick's all psyched. He's going to take over the secret headquarters. He's going to get the cool car and everything. And it's just, it doesn't work out for him. Nobody respects him. He, he kind of sucks at it. And, stuff. <laughs> and his mentor is married to his former, like, femme fatale, uh-huh. I guess. Uh, sort, of, sort of the Catwoman type. Yeah, yeah. She, her name was Hot Pink Pussy. Nice. 
Uh, she still exists, but she's now just called Hot Pink. All right. Let everybody else figure it out. Sure. But yeah, so I, I originally intended this to be a comedy, and then what happened was um, I saw The Dark Knight, uh-huh. and something about it just resonated with me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it was if it was Ledger's performance or or if it was just the story as a whole. Yeah. And shortly after watching it, Jay Fairburn, Noble Causes, yep. mm-hmm. fantastic writer. Yeah. He had a book called Gemini can't come out. Yeah, I think we remember that, yeah. I think it was only two, maybe three issues. A very good book. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I said, I could make my own Gemini character. I'm a Gemini. Uh-huh. You know, like, oh, let me let me try to make my own. And I ended up creating one, and I was like, he's not a hero, though. He's a villain. Like, how do I, you know, how, oh, let me put him with these characters who are supposed to be in this comedy. And now that story has started becoming serious. Okay. And as it starts becoming serious, it's like, all right, maybe it's time to reevaluate how to do this story. Right. And so what I did was I went back to, to square one, again, with Dark Knight in my head. Yeah. And just told a story that was a lot darker. And then as I kept on, as I actually started writing it, yeah. it became a lot more bi- autobiographical. Okay. Like there's a lot of how I dealt with my father's death in right. this how I because uh, the story is all about redemption mm-hmm. legacy yeah. and just trying to become your own person you know like that's great identity and stuff I mean it, it I would call it a coming of age story uh-huh. but Rodney the main character he's 19 okay. at the time so yeah. you kind of have an idea who you're going to be at 19 yeah and then things you know like things might things, happen things might happen things yeah, might change yeah you're like you, you have your I think the better way to put it is you have an idea of what you want to be at 19, but then life happens. Right. You have a job, you're out of college, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, and then your life changes in different ways. Oh, sure. Yeah, no. I mean, like, I, I thought I was going into radio at 19, and, and now I'm... <laughs> you kind of are. Well, yes and no. Right, I mean, it's, right. it's not like I get paid to be a, be a podcaster. Sure. Like, sure. It's, you know, life takes a different turn, and this is how I get the, the radio out of me, you right, know? Right, like, right. no one really... I, I don't think I've met one person who became exactly what they wanted to be at age 19. Like, 100%. Like yeah. there's always always something that's slightly different. I dropped out of college with the intention of becoming an actor. Uh-huh. I couldn't get any roles, <laughs> which you know it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> it was heartbreaking at the time, and I just resolved, all right, I'm going to write my own movies. Uh-huh. So I started writing my own movies, and around 1996, I decided I was going to be a script doctor. <laughs> you know, for first because yeah. I had because I was supposed to be in a movie. Yeah, and the script was kind of terrible. Yeah. And they wanted me to play the villain. I was like, well, this villain sounds really cheesy. Let me rewrite it. Do you mind if I better, rewrite yeah. it? And they were like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. So I rewrote it, and I had all the best lines in the and everybody nice. looked like dicks. <laughs> Except for, for my character. Yeah. So I said, all right, I can't give this back to them like this. So I ended up rewriting the entire script. Okay. And they surely wasn't, weren't expecting it. And they were flabbergasted. They were like, this is fantastic. So I figured, all right, I could do this. Yeah. You know, I could be a script doctor. Sure. So, AOL message boards very early on, 1996. Ah, the old days. Yeah, I uh, I put up a post. Does anybody need a script doctor? Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. Two people contacted me. Neither one for screenplays or, or television or anything. Uh-huh. They were for comic books. Okay. And that's how I got into writing. Wow. Books. So, like you're saying, at 19, you have no idea. You have an idea what you want to do. Right. But. But you're you're know, you, you don't know what's going to happen in life. That I don't even think change. you're open to being something else. Right. You know, it just 
something happens. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I mean, you never you never know where the, where that turn is going to go right. and where things are going to change. Well, and, and you, I mean, you were, when you were talking about the uh, the story too, I've talked to so many people who have said like, oh, well, I had this like blank in my head, mm -hmm. and then blank happened, so then blank became blank. Right. You, I, know? you know, I don't think I like to say that this is my version of Nightwing, uh -huh. but I don't like that's how the genesis of it came about. Right. You know, this probably stemmed somewhat from a Nightwing story that I had pitched to DC. Uh -huh. But it's not a Nightwing story. This is not a Nightwing story. It's its own this, thing. Yeah. This could never be a Nightwing story. Right. That's the weird thing. Just because of where it goes and, when, and what it is. You yeah. can't tell this story with Nightwing. Uh -huh. It has to be, I don't want to say a Nightwing pastiche uh -huh. or like an homage to Nightwing or, or archetype or whatever. <laughs> but I think, number one, the story can't exist without Nightwing existing. Uh-huh. But it also can't exist without me existing. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Yeah, because I mean you're the voice behind it. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, and, and, it's your story. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's pretty awesome. It's uh, those are very few and far between. You mm -hmm. know, like you want to bring a unique vision uh -huh. to every project you do, and this, this and, is how you do and it. And you never know yeah. how to do it. And the yeah. only thing I can tell anybody, I always tell people th three pieces of advice, and one of them is, write what you know. Uh -huh. Learn what you don't, yeah. and fake the rest. And that's basically what you know. This I've been faking it since 1984. That's <laughs> well, that's fine. Yeah. But 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 again, you know, like you can't. There's no possible way you can know everything. Oh yeah, no, you know? definitely. And for that, you know, like especially with superheroes, since a lot of it is is very fictional anyway, yeah. and not just fictional, but it's also fictionalizations of real people. Mm -hmm. You know, like you hear a snippet of conversation, right? And you go, what are, what would that be if we? put an angry voice right. and an exclamation at the end of that yeah. sentence. We wouldn't have Iron Man without Howard Hughes, right. you know, that, that sort of thing. Yeah, the X-Men being about racism and you know, yeah. prejudice and oh, sure. civil rights yeah. movement. Things, these things do have basis, bases in real life. Yeah. And this just happens to have a basis in my life. And the Kickstarter uh, is nice and fresh as we record this. Yeah. Uh, just, just started. Uh, we started yesterday. our second day yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. at yeah. 9 o'clock this morning. Nice. Fantastic. Uh, what, what sort of perks are there for the, uh, for the Kickstarter? What, uh, what, what, what do people get? Well, you know, some of the, uh, some of the more uh, ritzier perks, I guess. Okay. Best way to put it. Spend the night at Vito's house. No, no. You, you, can, be one of, you can be either a villain or a hero in the next volume. Oh, nice. Which means, you know, we... We'll put your face yeah. on one of our characters, mm -hmm. and they will have your real name. That kind of, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we sold out of one of the. I didn't think anybody would go for it. Uh, it was like the highest perk we had, okay. which was co-create a character with us. Oh wow! And this character will be in the next volume. Nice. As um, as a kind of teammate of uh -huh. Stray. Yeah. Went within the first hour, which. Blew my That's mind. I did great. not understand that, why anybody would want yeah. it like that early. So we're discussing putting another one up there, just seeing you know if somebody else right. you know, wants it. Cool. You know, and you know if it goes again, we'll keep putting them up. Sure. It, you know? Yeah. Um, original artwork. Mm -hmm. The best part of it, of it though is that the Kickstarter exclusive cover. Yeah. Uh -huh. If you pledge, I think over twenty dollars, twenty dollars and over. Yeah. You get to vote on one of three covers by Stefan Rue. And Stefan, I mean, anybody listening to this yeah. podcast probably knows Stefan. Yeah. Zatanna for DC. Yep. He he's doing um, uh, Star Wars Agents of the Empire, I think, uh, for Dark Horse. He did some Spider-Man, too, right? He did some yeah. Spider-Man, yeah. yeah. Like, he's just one of the most beautiful artists. Oh, my God, yeah. You know, like, he did the New York Comic Con exclusive print, yep. which is of Superman and Wonder Woman. Yeah. And I think that's going to actually be a cover of Superman Wonder Woman, too. It's nice. So, he's, you know... 
agreed to do um, a cover for us. That's three really sketches, sweet. and you get to vote on which one you like. Wow. I personally like number two. Uh huh. But you know that's just me. You know, so <laughs> you decide. And you know you get headshots from Sean, the artist. Uh-huh. All of the um, like creation, like uh, the cameo perks and the creative yeah. perks. You will get artwork from Sean of that character. Nice. So, so. That's yeah, there's a lot sweet. of there's a lot of really fun stuff. Sean Guan, mm-hmm. who a lot of people don't really know, but he's phenomenal. Okay. Very good pinup artist. You know, he's doing a cover for the book. Uh-huh. He's agreed to do five commissions. Okay. For for people at uh, I think it's two fifty. All right. Black and white, one character sketch. You know? Yeah. But it like fully inked, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful artwork. I, I feel like I feel like Kickstarter has sort of evolved. To in, a, in what way? It, well, it, like it started out as like sort of that like I'm gonna throw this out there and hope for the best type of thing. Right. And now I feel like we're getting more completed ideas. I think I think the problem though, at least with me, yeah, is. I still have a fear of rejection. Yeah. You know, I know Kickstarter's doing well, uh-huh. and I feel like that's besides me. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's because I have really great artists, you know, or whatever. Right. You know, but it, it, I still it, have It helps this, to have good friends. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just still have this fear that it's going to fail right. because I have a fear of failing. Right. I think, then, I think all of us do in one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. especially in this industry. Oh, you know? please, yeah. And, like, there's still that kind of maybe it won't succeed, you know, kind of thing in your head. Yeah. And... It's like, oh, well, what do I do to make it succeed? You know, yeah. and like, there's no clear cut answer. And that's really the only problem with Kickstarter. Right. If you have a good enough idea, and I think with comics and doing Kickstarter comics, yeah. is that if it looks like the 1% of what a good comic looks like, mm-hmm. You're halfway there, if not three quarters of the way there. Yeah. And Stray does look like a really good comic. I, I describe, I describe Sean as being like the love child of Alan Davis and Jamie McKelvin. Oh my like god. Like he's got like this really beautiful line work, uh-huh. and his his designs are amazing. Nice clean line. Yeah. Nice, you yeah. Know, like, and he's very energetic with his with his layouts and stuff. Yeah. You know, so he's he's definitely the right artist for this book. Nice. And that's not to say that I didn't. I had another artist at one point, and uh-huh. it just didn't. It didn't work out. Didn't work out and yeah. like I, we had to. And this is the worst part. We had designs. Uh-huh. Everything was ready to go. The guy just took a long time to get it done. And I was like, I have to put this out now. Right. Now or never. So got another artist. Mm-hmm. We had to redesign every character from scratch. Oh god. Because I didn't feel right using those other sure. designs. Yeah. I wasn't going to pay for them. Right. You know, there's really no money to pay for them. So, they just started square one. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Sean Trooper, such a trooper, started from, from scratch and exceeded every expectation. Wow. That's great, man. How many days is the uh, is the project? It's 31. Okay. Um, there's, uh, it ends on November 8th. Okay. So... This will definitely be out way before then. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's and, a given. You know, it's... Again, I, I can't announce who's doing the trade paperback cover. Uh-huh. I will say his initials are DC. <laughs> um, you, can figure, you can probably come up with three or four guys like that. Uh-huh. You're probably on the right track. It goes to Dick Clark. Yes, him. Yeah, fantastic. Um, but Chris Cross is doing covers. Wow. Kari Randolph is doing covers. Oof. Sean McGuan, like I mentioned. Uh-huh. Uh, we're going to try to rustle up some pinups from 
from some guys here this weekend. Yeah. And we'll announce those on, you know, as updates and stuff. Sweet. But I feel like, and this is the real key, if I weren't doing this Kickstarter myself, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd buy it. Yeah. This is a book I want to read. That's, you know, like, and I, that's and, always good. And yeah. I wrote the damn thing. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, 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 I can't express, you know, express it enough. I feel like people that have gotten... New 52 fatigue or Marvel yeah. Now fatigue. And I, yep. I, I read DC and Marvel. I have nothing yeah. against them. It's yep. not it. I feel like if you are one of those people that have complained about Marvel and DC, this could be something for but you. But you like yeah. superheroes. You know? yep. like, and, you, and, and maybe you even hate that you like superheroes. That's yeah. fine. I feel like I have something that you'll love uh-huh. and will make you maybe love superheroes again. Can't, so, can't get any simpler than that, my man. I hope. I yeah. hope. You know, yeah. like, uh, give, give your uh, give all your information out there. Website, Twitter, yada yada yada. Um, rinse, repeat, Facebook. You whatever. can basically Google or ask Jeeves or Bing, <laughs> whatever your preferred. Ask Jeeves. Sure. Wow. No, he's still. Around, I think it's right? technically ask.com here yeah, in the yeah, U.S. Yeah. yeah. But if you do any, if you just plug in incognito, uh-huh. like incognito, but with yeah. a V, uh, incognito, you'll find me. Facebook.com/slash/incognito. At Incognito on Twitter. Yeah. Incognito.com is my website. Yeah, I think you'll find me no matter what. And so. all the info on the Kickstarter is, yeah, is there. Everything's up on my site, on Facebook. If you follow me on Twitter, yep. I'm putting up updates as much as possible. Sweet. So all right. Well and check out Sean Isaacs. It's uh, at Sean S-E-A-N. I-Z-A-A-K-S-E. Sean's from South Africa. Okay. He's got he's got a Dutch uh, name, I guess. Nice. But uh, Sean Isaacs, follow him. You'll see artwork. He's phenomenal. Like he really is, he's doing Pathfinder and Pathfinder Goblins, okay. I think, or one of the two, or both. I can't mm-hmm. remember. For Dynamite, and it's kind of like fantasy work, you know, based on the role-playing game. Yeah. And it's nothing like what he's doing for Straight. Awesome. And it, but it's a good idea. You can, you can see where yeah. where he he's is. Phenomenal. Yeah. Like he, he's the next big thing, if not a year off from that. You know? Awesome. Well, well, thanks for taking 20 minutes out of your Thursday, Vito. Well, 20 minutes? I feel yep. like it was 30. I, that's. <laughs> it was actually 45. Uh, but uh, always a pleasure, my man, and, uh, and best of luck on the yeah, project. Thank you. All right, no problem. You'll hear more because I'm here. So why not? I'm a buff baby that can dance like a man. I can shake a my fanny, I can shake a my can. I'm a tough tootin' baby, I can punch your buns. Punch your buns, I can punch all your buns. If you're an evil witch, I will punch you for fun. Well, the thing about podcasting is that sometimes you have to go to plan B. And that is indeed where I am right now. Note to self, check your equipment before you lug it all the way to New York Comic Con. But after all is said and done, I am still sitting here with Mr. Andrew Charpar, who gets to experience the con as a person and not as an object. A fan, actually. Oh, oh, fine, fine, fan. All right, fine. You've always been a person, Andrew. That's just fine. What's going on, man? Not much. Just having a really good time. Yeah? Yeah. So far, so good? So far, so good. I did not realize how much cons wore me out. Mm-hmm. Because last two years, I sat behind a table all the entire time, and it was easy. Right. Walking around and looking at dealers and talking to people. My God. <laughs> it, it's a whole different experience, right? I mean, like, yeah. actually actually being able to go from booth to booth instead of being stationary and slowly having your 
life force drained away by all these onlookers. Yeah, and this whole idea of giving people money instead of taking it from them. It's I don't like just, that. It's weird. I don't yeah, like that. No, weird. no, no, no. I want people to give me money. That's the goal in life. That's what I need to achieve. That's what you need to achieve eventually. Exactly. So, so what you've been up to? Not much. Um, here at the con, I'm with my, my daughter, mm-hmm. visiting friends and seeing people and running into people and just having a really good time. And she's just been schmoozing up New York City so far. Yeah, exactly. Well, she's actually over there with uh, the guys from uh, Drumfish Studios. Oh, cool. Sitting behind their booth being a burden. Nice. So, quote unquote, being a burden. Well, that's what they nicknamed her last year because last year, instead of staying at my table with uh-huh. me the entire time, she wound up over she there. She spent their entire time over there running errands for them and. Nice. Being a pain for them, which was actually a good thing for me. We call those unpaid interns. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Booth babes, you know. So so what are you looking to do all weekend? Just just roam about? Are you going to any panels? Uh, what, what's the general cons- consensus? What's the plan? Well, there's two things I like. It's cheap trades and original art. Nice. And I haven't bought either of them in a long time, mm-hmm. so I'm hoping to find as much as I can. Cool. And this is the convention for it because well, I, there's I know, lots. I, yeah, there, there's a lot of $5 trades on the floor. Yep, I mean, I, I've been seeing a lot of those, and most of them better than the ones that I'm selling because <laughs> seriously you got a couple I, good ones but I, I need to get rid of anything involving Superman Returns man that's just not right well I'll be back to your table on Sunday when you're slashing the prices to a buck a piece yeah so. sure or, or I'm just fleeing, uh, fleeing them out like frisbees onto the floor like I don't want to take this home buy one get five free right <laughs> alright I'm back for that buy five get one free wait what no, what? No, that, I that, liked that, it the other way oh alright that's, that, that's, that's fine that's fine so, so what you've been uh, what you've been drawing lately on the artist side well, back in Jacksonville, where I'm from, uh, another artist uh, that you may know, uh, Avery Butterworth and I. Indeed. We're high school buddies, and we get together every weekend, and we go out to lunch, and we chat about comics and what we want to do. And mm-hmm. we have several ideas that we're working on. But one of the problems with having so many great ideas is you can't focus. Yep. And you can't stay on one for a long time before you come up with another idea. Sure. But just recently, I've, I've sat down and started working on my newest Cornerstone book. Mm-hmm. I've got a story. It originally was going to be like a one-shot pay, one one-shot issue. Mm-hmm. But the more I added to it, story-wise, the more it's going to probably become a 64 to 84 page graphic novel. Cool. And I'm knocking out the pages and knocking out the story left and right. And hopefully by this time next year, I will have a brand new book for the New York Con. Hopefully, I'll have a table. <laughs> When, when it slowly coalesces and, and, and become, right. become a right. thing instead of an idea. Exactly. I've got lots of ideas. I've got very few Fantastic. things. <laughs> is, this, uh, is this serious or humor? It's definitely serious. Okay. It's, um, I had a reviewer one time who reviewed my first graphic novel, mm-hmm. Tales from the Cornerstone, and he said it was like Buffy meets Law and Order. Okay. And I loved that analogy. Hmm. I loved it so much that I, I actually sit down and when I think up new ideas and new stories for my stories, yeah. those are like the basis for where I'm going. Okay. It's Law and Order, cops and robbers, you know, and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. with a with a with vampires and werewolves in the mix. Mm-hmm. And I've got a story right now. It's uh, in my mind. That actually, the, one of the main characters is a centaur. Okay. And it makes sense in the story, but. <laughs> Visually, it's going to be awesome, and when it all comes together, it's it's definitely not going to be humorous uh-huh. because there's some serious, very serious undertones to right. the story. But that's that's the that's the Law and Order angle of it. Dun, dun. Exactly. You should actually have that be a sound effect somewhere inside. Like just sneak that in there somewhere. Just like so, someone closes a door and you just get a boom boom. Okay, it's in there. Make that happen. Make that happen. Yeah, I got to credit you for it. All right, fine. 
Just like with everything. That's right. Nothing's for free, man. That's right. Nothing's for That's free. That's right. Well, it, it's weird because like I'm thinking in my head like what would be the weirdest mashup that I can possibly think of right now? Like it's blank meets blank, and maybe uh, Simpsons meets American Horror Story. Well, we had another idea that was Legion of Superheroes. Mm-hmm. Meets Tiny Toons meets South Park. <laughs> oh my God! And it was going to be like a like a Franco type of little kid comic, yeah. where the vulgar language is just would make you blush. Uh-huh. And I was going to draw it, and Avery was going to write it. And yeah. Luckily, it hasn't happened yet, because some of the ideas we came up with were so vile. Oh jeez. And so disturbing that I'm glad my children are now. Teenage or adults, <laughs> so, so you can't you can't emotionally scar them. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. That would be great. It's like, yeah, hey, so my dad did, did this comic that I'm not allowed to talk about to you because we're too young. Well, when I did my first Cornerstone graphic novel, there was naked vampires running around in it, and mm-hmm. my wife said the kids cannot read this. I'm like, honey, it's <laughs> it's it's just my style, oh, honey, and <laughs> yeah, I know. Now they don't care. Oh, well. I could draw whatever I want. Ha, 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 ha. And you're still putting up sketches and stuff like that. Well, I haven't sketched in a while, but it's coming back. All right. I need to get back into the fold. Back into the swing of things. That's right. Even if I'm just doing it for the heck of it. Sure. Well, three months ago, I started doing a sketch a day type of thing Mm -hmm. in preparation for New York. But when I found out I wasn't getting a table, it was like... Yeah. Everything went to the wayside. To the wayside, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Well, next year, like you said, when you have a... uh, a new thing to pimp. That's right. A new spiel thought up to, to, to say to all the onlookers, then uh, right. and your time will return. Something to actually sell. It's always a good thing to have at a convention. Buy my book. That's right. Buy my book. Don't just buy my cheap sketches. Buy my book, too. I don't understand why people can find that annoying. Buy my book. You know, I got this urge to go out and buy a book. I wonder why. Give people your uh, your your information so that they can understand more about the world of Andrew Charapar. Of course, they can always check me out at misfitcorner.com. Mm-hmm. And links to my blog, which I keep updated as Sem- often as I can. Semi regular. Semi regular. Yeah. That's that's. Sometimes good. I'll flood it with stuff, and sometimes it'll be barren for a month and a half. Fantastic. But and that's, if, the, that's the easiest place to find me. Terrific. And if you, and if you see something absolutely wonderful and amazing that you need to share with the audience sometime this weekend, I have a microphone. Very cool. Very cool. And thank you for being on this microphone for a short period of time. And thank you for having me. And thank you for bringing Dollar Comics. I try to get rid of my shit. (laughs) And we shall return here on Comic Timing the next time that I'm talking shit. Sounds to me like you're scared, Boulder. The boulder's over his conflicted feelings, and now he's ready to bury you in a rock We return on Friday of New York Comic Con, which feels like Saturday at any other con. But it's not, because it's New York Comic Con. And I'm here with Jeremy Dale. Jeremy. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Yourself? I'm doing great. It's been a really good show so far. Fantastic. In many, many ways. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. How goes the work? Uh, work's going great right now. Uh, Skyward is launched. Uh, the first two issues are out. Issue three comes out next week. But uh, yeah, the series is doing tremendously well. Right. The first two issues have sold out nationwide. Oh, the nice. second printing, I'm hearing, is actually sold out of the, the wow. first issue. Jeez. Uh, we were just named number seven on the list of the most valuable comics produced in the past two years. Holy crap. You're so, DC yeah. 3D covers, man. Oh, yeah. All the way. All the way. <laughs> Hoping for that lenticular jo- joker. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's mad money then. But yeah, I think people 
people are much better off buying yours than that. I'm just saying. Exactly. Uh-huh. That's what I say. Yeah. No, but that's that's great, man. Yeah, that's terrific. It's been going really well. Did you ever imagine a response like this? Not at all. I mean, the, obviously, you want a response. Right. Whether people love it or hate it, you want some response. The yeah. worst thing that can happen is people are just like meh about your work. Sure. But uh, you know, having built this much time and energy and commitment into the project, I'm glad it's taking off. I really am. And uh, a lot of our friends are helping out too. Well, I know I know Action Lab has been a, yeah. it's been a huge help. <coughs> a huge help, and those guys are great over there. You know, yeah. with, what with Princeless and Molly Danger yeah. and some of the other books they're doing are just great. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you know, we have a, a bunch of variant covers we're putting out, starting with issue three. Oh, cool! Cream of the crop artists from Stefan Rue, the Mike Norton. Nice. You know, we got those guys around the first two issues. Kari Randolph, who does amazing work, and then other guys lined up like Coley Hamner, uh-huh. David Peterson. We just signed Darwin Cook, Amanda Connor, and George Perez to. I know, Joe. Oh covers my coming soon. God, I know. Holy crap, I know. man! It's crazy. Like, I, I hope part of the deal is that you just get to like shake their hand in the process, <laughs> like fly to where they are and like give them a giant hug. I hear you. Luckily, I'm really good friends with a lot of these guys, and nice. they've just been really enthusiastic about it. And seeing the covers come in, yeah. into my email inbox, you know. That's the best part of the day. Some people yeah. might say you can always depend on the kindness of strangers. Screw that. You can depend on the kindness of friends. Exactly. Use them for all you can. <laughs> yes. So for those who might be unaware, yeah. tell them a little bit more about the book. Okay, cool. Uh, Skyward is my new creator-owned book. Mm-hmm. It's an action fantasy about a group of people that are fending off the invasion of their homeland. Okay. It's an all-ages book if you like uh, comic books like Bone or Telos or some of the cross-gen stuff like Cyan. Yep. Or if you like, you know, the Studio Ghibli films, the Miyazakis, like, you know, My Neighbor Totoro, which I adore, Calvin and Hobbes, things like that. It's going to be right up your alley. Or, like, the Legend of Zelda video games. Oh, yeah. You're going to dig it. And, like, I'm I'm thinking right now, aw, Ghibli. I know. Yeah. I know. Well, I mean, I'm sure they'll they'll, they'll still have output, just just no more from from Miyazaki. But he's he's getting up there in age, so it's about time. I can understand his his want to retire. Yeah. And it's even more reason to have uh, more comics that do that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. There aren't many at all. I mean, right. there's a lot of fantasy books out there, but there aren't really necessarily that kind of whimsical, imaginative uh, sure. fantasy fiction that you typically get from Miyazaki. Well, you mentioned you mentioned Scion and, and yes. as an example. Cross-gen, I almost feel, is like a lost art oh, yeah. in some ways. Because, I mean, yeah, it, you know, it, the company failed for various reasons. Various it wasn't, reasons. Wasn't, wasn't necessarily the output. Oh, not at all. Not because at all. They I feel like there's a need for that sort of stuff. They yeah. really did. Cross-gen was one of those things that I always thought would have been one of the greatest things that could have ever been. Yeah. But unfortunately, with through various reasons, like right. power management and mm-hmm. other things, yeah. uh, unfortunately, it crashed. Mm-hmm. It, it fell apart, and it fell apart way too quick. And yeah. some of those series were just hitting their real groove. Oh, yeah. Uh, Meridian and, and Cyan, right off the bat, mm-hmm. jumped to my mind as ones that I could have read consistently for 30 years and not yep. been bored. Yeah. I love those. So you draw your inspiration from uh, from books like that, definitely? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I draw my inspiration from just about anything, really. Yeah. But particularly things that aren't afraid to be imaginative, things yeah. that aren't tied to the mechanical side of comics. You know, I have no problem with superhero books. I love superhero books. I've oh, yeah. drawn many of them myself. Yes. Yes, you have. Uh, but, you know, occasionally it gets really boring when you're spending most of your time right. while you're working on a page mm-hmm. with a ruler. Well, and I, I've talked to other creators about this very, very recently. Sorry, I'm laughing that now, <laughs> no, I've, talk, I've talked to other creators about this very recently. Uh, yeah. That it's it's important to diversify your mm-hmm. portfolio. Oh, absolutely! Like you can't just be that one niche mm-hmm. because then 
you're just another face in the crowd. Oh, absolutely. In fact, the first few gigs that I did, the first few years I was a professional, yeah. uh, were zombie books. I think I did five different zombie books for people. Oh, wow. And every time I get a pitch in, in uh, my inbox uh-huh. from, say, a, a new writer, they'd be like, hey, I have this perfect it's, idea. is perfect for you. It's a post-apocalyptic zombie tale. I'm like, oh, it's called God. brains. I, I've done that so many times. <laughs> uh, you know what? I just want to do something else. And that's another reason I did Skyward was so that I could kind of show, oh, this is kind of what I'm interested in doing. Right. Yeah, that kind of book. That's pretty cool. Um, so is it going to be an ongoing at this point? It is an ongoing. Great. We're upgraded at San Diego. Nice. Uh, they announced we're an ongoing series now. Apparently our sales are through the roof. My mm-hmm. publisher loves me. Yes. And I am not going to uh, <laughs> argue or complain about that. We've had other talks about some other big announcements, but I can't talk about those yet. Sure. But some really exciting things on the horizon. I can't wait. I'm sure the price point helps, too, because I know, yeah. I know Action Lab is on that initiative to try to get books as, as yeah. cheap and in the hands of as many people as possible. Well, absolutely. You know, they went from, what, $3.99 is the typical price, which yeah. is fairly standard with independent publishers. Right. Uh, so they were at $3.99, and they moved them all down to $2.99, yep. starting with the second issue of Skyrim. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also on their digital comics front, they moved everything down to 99 cents. Yes, which, which I feel mm-hmm. more publishers should be doing. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're not taking as much of a cut from the, uh, right. the digital sales, but digital sales are booming right now. Yeah. And they're only going to get bigger. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that we're gonna, it's going to replace print comics. I don't think it no. will. No. But I think, why can't we have and instead of or? Right. Well, exactly. it's a perfect example, too, because, like, I mean, vinyl... People don't realize this. Vinyl sells as well now as yeah. it did 15 years ago. In fact, even more so. Yeah. Because they just like that old school feel, People the old school seek style. seek it out. Right. Yeah. So there's always going to be a need for the physical copy mm-hmm. of a book to be there in one way or the other. And especially be, if you're a fan, yes. you're looking for something that you can get signed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't sign an iPad because, well, that's weird. And you can't weird. resell a digital comic. Yeah. Which is another point that yeah. uh, that I have a stick word to as well. Yeah. Because, like, Comixology, you buy a two ninety nine comic. It's like, okay, so I, I don't actually own it, but I do. Yeah, It's, yeah. it's weird mm-hmm. in that aspect. And how many times are you really going to read that issue? Yeah, yeah. no, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad to see that it's selling well on both accounts. Oh, absolutely, and, yeah. uh, how, how, how close are we to trades? Uh, uh, absolutely. Uh, the first trade, I believe, comes out in January. Okay. And then in March for the second trade. We're going to awesome. be collecting them at first, at least, Okay. in three issue increments. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one has technically four, because we're also including the free comic day issue. Oh, nice. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be starting around the $10 price point. That's what we're going for. Has that been solicited yet? Or? I think it's been solicited, but don't quote me. I haven't had a chance right. to actually look at a previews recently. All right. Worst, worst comes to worst, I'll go in and stock trades, and I'll figure out exactly, that way. You know, exactly. Exactly. What, Whatever you need to do. Regardless, get it. Yes. Yes. And get people your information <laughs> so they can find out more exactly. about Mr. Jeremy Dale. You can Dale. find me on Twitter at Jeremy Dale, one word. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on, on my website is jeremy-dale.com. Just mm-hmm. jeremy-dale.com. Cool. Uh, I'm also on Tumblr as Jeremy Dale. On DeviantArt, I'm on the Jeremy Dale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm everywhere. Jeremy I'm Dale all Facebook. over the place. All the Dale. And on Facebook, on Art of Jeremy Dale. Fantastic. Well, good to see you again, my man. And you still got two more days to go after this. Two more days. Oh, my gosh. Breathe deep. Oh, so Cons- many people. Conserve that voice and uh, <laughs> conserve that re- that drawing hand. and uh, Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks, man. All right, great. And uh, you'll be hearing more from me the next time I press record. <laughs> Isn't that ironic? Oh, imagine that. <laughs> Everything's fucking wonderful! I return here on Friday with a man who needs no introduction, but I'll let him introduce himself. Why not? Asbury Park Comic Con and uh, the soon-to-be New York Comic Fest... Introduce yourself to the world. Hi, folks out there in podcast lands. Cliff Galbraith, creator of Rat Bastard Comic, and also now the uh, Asbury Park Comic Con and the 
mentioned uh, New York Comics Fest and also uh, 13thDimension.com website, news, and artists uh, interviewing artists about comics. So that's my latest thing. Uh-huh. I, I've known I've known Cliff a while. I've known him ever since the uh, the not San Diego Comic Con meetup at uh, at Mocha uh, that one year when that Jamal threw. Oh yeah, Steve Ellis and, J- and Jamal Eagles yep. not con indeed, which which was good times when it, when, while they were still a mocha. Uh, I mean, even though technically there still is, but it's not its own space anymore. It's a little more difficult. Yeah, but Asbury Park, I know, has absolutely blown up over the last couple of years as a uh, as a destination. Congrats on that for one Thanks. thing. You know, speaking of Jamal Eagle, um, Jamal Eagle and. Evan Dorkin were the first two people I contacted. I don't know in which order, mm-hmm. but they both said yes. And when I had those two guys, I had a show. Yeah. A small show mm-hmm. in, a, in a bowling alley uh, that was a rock club, which sounds retarded, I know. <laughs> uh, and it is. It's a, it's a funny place. It's the Asbury Lanes. Uh-huh. It was uh, built in 1962, I believe. Yeah. And uh, some, some, some people took it over that uh, were looking for a rock venue, and you can bowl there, and you can see bands. Oh, wow. And it is, the place is like a time machine. Man. So uh, I walked in there one day, and Rob Bruce, uh, that you might know from uh, the show uh, AMC's com- uh, Kevin Smith's Comic Book Men, yep. mm-hmm. Rob is their resident expert, mm-hmm. and uh, Rob and I have been friends for a long time, and, and he was doing a, a record fair at the Asbury Lanes. Yeah. I went down there one day a couple years ago. I walked in, and I saw people going through these white boxes, flipping through them, uh, flipping through uh, piles of records, much like uh, our, our folk would look through boxes of comics. Hmm. And I said, exactly. I said, hmm. And I turned to the uh, to the manager, uh, Jen Hampton, and I said, "Hey, Jen, what do you think if I threw a? Can I throw a comic convention? Well, how many tables you got? About 25, 30? She goes, "She said, Cliff, I don't care if you sell dildos. It's three hundred and fifty dollars for the day, and uh, just pick a date." And Sweet. I picked a date nine months later, mm-hmm. for, for nine months later, took you know took nine months to promote it. And we had our first show, nice. and, and and we had a blast. And you know, we played punk rock music all day. Mm-hmm. We had uh, there was a bar there. There was food. Oh wow! Uh, and and we were you know it was in the spring, and we had we were blessed with a nice day. Uh-huh. And so it was gorgeous. We're, we were at the beach. And we're blocked from the beach. And I had some good news press as well. For, we, had, we had great yeah. press, and then and so we, then we did a second one the following September, and then you know we knew it was time to go. We were getting six, seven hundred people mm-hmm. in this tiny little place, sure. and, we, and we had to go. Uh-huh. So we went over to Convention Hall. We made a date with them, and then uh-huh. Hurricane Sandy hit, oh. and damn near knocked the place into the ocean. Oy. And so we really didn't know if we were going to have our, our show, and we got through a really tough winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a lot of uh, restoration on the building, mm-hmm. and we were, I think, the first show in there after the storm. Oh, wow. Uh, it was miracle of miracles. Was the rest of the, I mean, was the rest of the town at that point? Uh, if uh, you were to look at the pictures of the show, you can actually see that on the day of our show, uh-huh. the main entrance from the boardwalk yeah. is actually kind of jerry-rigged so that you have to go oh, around wow. this ramp to get in. And oh, then the man. very next day, it was totally back as if nothing had ever happened. Wow. But they were, they, they finished, they actually finished the boardwalk the day before. Okay. But the but the plywood I think was still on the glass doors. They mm-hmm. had to replace the glass. Wow. On, on, on the on the door on the main doors. So you had to go in these other doors. Uh-huh. But other than that, it was as it if was it, functional. it yeah. was functional. It was functional, and we, we you know there's a big there was a big hallway. Uh, it was called the Grand Arcade before you go into the convention center, mm-hmm. and um, which separates convention center from Paramount Theater. Yeah. And there's uh, we had room for to put a Batmobile and a Back nice. to the Future mobile, and that's where we had the cosplay contest. Mm-hmm. 
with the guys from Comic Book Men, some of the people from Clerks, and we had we had Al Jaffe. Mm -hmm. Jaff I, 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 I contacted Al Jaffe, and he said, "Cliff, he says I'll, I'll be I'll be 92 the week before your show." Oh wow! He says, "If I'm still alive, I'll be there." And I said, <laughs> "Me too, Al." And two weeks later, I got hit by a car. So never oh. ever tempt the fates like that. Oh my God! Never, never. never and, yet, and yet, Al Jaffe. Al Jaffe made it, and, <laughs> yes. uh, and, and Al Jaffe made my show. Nice. So there's there's a lot of people I'm, I'm eternally grateful grateful to oh. that that made my show, yeah, like a like, like a Jamal Eigel and mm -hmm. Evan Dorkin. Those guys come back every single time I throw a show. They Very do really cool. well. Herb Trimp, Herb Trimp just had a phenomenal show. He mm -hmm. said it was one of the best shows he's ever done in recent history. Very cool. Um, uh, we had John Holmstrom uh, who did the uh, Ramones album covers. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. Oh wow! And oddly enough, John Holmstrom had never been invited. To a comic convention. That's so weird. Well, I'll tell you what else is weird. He should have been because his teachers in SBA <laughs> was Will Eisner and uh, Harvey Kurtzman. Wow, you cannot get better pedigree than that. <laughs> and then he went on to, to, to be their assistants for years. That's crazy. And then he started Punk Magazine. Yeah, and so, so he's, got he, a, he's got a history. And then and then he did the Ramones album wow. covers. And he's <laughs> done a lot of stuff. But yeah, John's run High Times Magazine Very and cool. everything. So we, we kind of dipped into uh, people around the periphery, if not also mainstream, like, like guys like Herb Trimp, but mm -hmm. also guys around the edges that we thought would be really, really interesting to bring in and that people hadn't been able to spend time with at cons, which mm -hmm. makes me scratch my head why John Holmstrom had never been invited. Yeah, no. He should be here today. I don't know why he's not it's, invited as a guest. Who knows? But, you know, I just, I use my own sensibility about, about the art form. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm an old punk and an old comic artist, so right. I put the two together and I thought Holmstrom would be great, but sure. we, we brought in a lot of cats like that. We had Don McGregor and, um, you know, I can't, off the top of my head, I can't remember everybody. I'm, I'm leaving other people yeah. out. But but, but the, show, the show continues to grow and, and, uh, and going expand. To two days, and going to two days next nice. year. Uh, you know, we we, we, we printed up 25 buttons, uh, mm -hmm. metal buttons to give to people, inch and a half buttons, yeah. instead of lanyards. Oh, wow. And we thought, boy, you know, if we sold all of these, we, we'd really be in clover. Uh-huh. Uh, we had 4,200 people through the door. We were just using a hand stamper after a while. <laughs> like, go ahead, yeah. There was that's, people paying up great. until up until three thirty. People were paying to get wow. in, and then we were just going, just go in. And what and what uh, what dates are this? this the new coming? show. The new show is going to move over to the uh, uh, the Berkeley Hotel, mm -hmm. and it's going to be uh, April twelfth uh, and thirteenth. Cool. And our big guests right now are, and they keep getting bigger and bigger every time I print the the, mm -hmm. the, the flyers. But right now, uh, our big guy is uh, Chris Claremont, and. Uh, wow. uh, we've got J.H. Uh, Williams the third, who never does I, East Coast shows. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and he came in because uh, Mr. Todd Klein invited him. Sweet. So Todd's a Jersey guy. He's from Cape May. Very nice. And I was talking to Todd, and he says, uh, he, he says, uh, thank you for inviting me, Cliff. He says, would you like me to invite J.H. Williams? And I said, like, yes, yes I, can, I think I can I think I can find like, some. twist my arm, I really. Think I, can, I think I can I can scrape up some money for, for a plane <laughs> ride for him and his missus. Sure, yeah. So we got J.H. Williams the third. We have the legendary Dennis Kitchen. Nice. And, and you know, Dennis uh, started Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, mm -hmm. resurrected uh, Eisner's career. Story history, yep. Yeah, all, all of it. And so, I mean, Dennis is, Dennis is a historical figure and a hero of mine, and just a, he's just a great guy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he started the, the, the um, Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. Yep. And so because he's coming, uh, Mark Schultz, uh, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, mm -hmm. who also is not seen too often at cons, yep. Uh, he agreed to come. Very nice. So we got those guys, and then around the edges. Oh, we yeah, got uh, we got we got uh, we're gonna bring in uh, Pete Camp from 
out in Seattle, mm -hmm. uh, who's originally from this area, but he lives out there now. Okay. Whole whole range of guests, basically. Yeah, guys yeah. like Bob Camp's going to come back. He's one of the few guys that we're having back because we don't want to have to keep having the same guests. But right. But Bob, Bob and I are buddies, and so yeah. Uh, see Evan Dorkin's back again. Right. And, Evan uh, lives, lives not too far away, yeah. and he, he likes bringing his daughter to the to, to the um, very nice to, to the boardwalk. We got Don Simpson. I don't see Don. At, I didn't see Don at the Pittsburgh Con. He lives right in Pittsburgh. Really? Cliff Chang, who's, mm -hmm. a, who's a great draw. Don McGregor. The, 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 list, the list goes on and on. On and on, on, on and on. And, and, and for the new one, uh, I know that this is your first adventure into New York proper. Yeah. First off, what, made, first. what made you decide to, to, to go in the, into New York? Uh, funny and thing. Dan Greenfield from the uh, New York Post contacted me and said, mm -hmm. Cliff, you know, he says, actually, I'm from your neighborhood uh, there by Esbury Park, uh, mm -hmm. but I live in, in, in White Plains now. And he said, I really would have liked to come down to your show, but you know, uh, it was around the time of the holidays, and he says, uh, you know, just, I found out about it a little too late. Mm -hmm. He says, but have you thought about throwing a show up in White Plains, New York? Yeah. And I was, obviously I hadn't, right? because uh, I'd never been there. Yeah. And he says, well, he says, we have a great venue here, and he says, uh, you might want to explore it. He says, because I think it's a similar type of building, and he says, he says, I like what you're doing, and he says, why don't you come up and take a look at it? And so we did. We, we made an appointment mm -hmm. with the people at the Westchester County Center. Yeah. 30 minutes from Manhattan, you just get on the on the, on the the train in, mm -hmm. in uh, Grand Central. Right by the train station. And it's right by the train station. When you get there, the, the venue is the next thing there. So Dan Greenfield, uh, you know, he, he, he was, he's been shaking the bushes and, you know, he writes for the Post and he was writing a, a blog about comics. Talks a lot, talks to a lot of big guys. And uh, lo and behold, we got Scott Snyder. Wow. Of course. That's, that's one hell of a guest of honor. Herb Trimp was at Asbury Park, so yep. I had no problem getting to come sure. there because he's up in Connecticut. Larry Hama again. Larry yeah. Hama and uh, J.D. Siedlmeyer, who does the uh, animation for Saturday Night Live, you know, uh, TV Funhouse. Yeah, yeah, right. He said he can see the venue from his office window, <laughs> so he is thrilled. Nice. Archie Comics is just down the road. They are thrilled. That's I just talked great. to the CEO of Archie, John Goldwater, uh -huh. and I'm going up there to meet with them uh, next week, Terrific. and we're going to plan out how that, all that works. It, it should it should be a, a nice uh, a nice expansion because I because I know we don't have a lot of a lot of shows in that particular area well, no, of, it, of uh, New York City I think, and beyond. I think what I'm doing is inventing a new space, and that is yeah. the suburban con. And that's good. Yeah, no. People don't want to they don't right. want to slip into the city. Sure. And yeah. drag the kids and mm -hmm. all the money for the train yeah. or the parking or the this or the yeah. that. And even people. Live in the city proper. As long as it's near transportation, then then you're good to go. Exactly. Yep. So I think I think it's a it's a much more laid back way of doing. It. And Very also, cool. unlike you know, I mean, this con's great. I mean, it brings comics to the people, yep. and, and it, it gets it on the news. It yep. get, keeps it in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. But our shows, our shows yeah. are strictly about comics. All our guests are comic right. people. Fantastic. No wrestlers. None of that stuff. Great. Give your wrestlers. The give, wrestlers are strong. They'll they'll, they'll, they'll <laughs> strangle me. Well, only if you piss them off. Give give your uh, give your uh, websites. Let everybody know where they can find out further information. Well, we got the uh, Asbury Park Comic Con dot com, mm -hmm. and then we got uh, New York Comic Fest, nycomicfest.com. Right. And the uh, new site that we're doing, I'm doing with Dan Greenfield of the New York Post, with uh, guest writers like Mark Wade and Jimmy Palmiotti, and Amy Reader, and a whole bunch of other really talented folks. Mm -hmm. That's Thirteenth Dimension. That's Thirteen Th Dimension dot com. Great, fantastic, Cliff. Nice to have you on the episode. stuff for nice. once. Yeah, Thank you. please. Nice to have you on. And talk to you soon. Thanks, buddy. All right, great. And uh, you will hear more, probably. So I made my way through the hectic crowd on a Saturday in Artist Alley over to the booth of uh, Dave Gallagher and Steve Ellis. How's your Saturday been treating you folks? It's been fantastic, right? Yeah, it's it's been uh, nothing short of amazing. Really? I just like to say it like with the extra dramatic 
language of nothing short of amazing. So, 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 so far, so good New York Comic Con 2013. Yeah, I mean, I, I love New York Comic Con. It's, uh, Nothing quite like it. I mean, well, especially for the New York area. I mean, like, like we've been dying for one of these things for so long, and now that we have it, yeah. I'm never letting this shit go. Like, yeah. really? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and just and, and the thing is, like, I'm, I'm, I love New York. I, yeah. you know, I, I don't live here anymore, but I love New York. So yep. coming here and like being here in the con in my city, yep. it's still my city, and it's great seeing everybody. It's like because New York is really the home of comics, you know, in a lot and of ways. So, yeah. Well, you know, at least the birthplace. Oh, so sure. you know the the everybody. So many of the people are still here. Yep. It's like you've never left New York. It's, it feels that way. And you actually haven't left New York State. Right. Yeah. I mean, as long as you still have the state in you, like, it, it, although are you are you quote unquote upstate? Uh, I live in Ithaca, right? Now. Oh, all right. Yeah. So yeah, you're pretty far up. That's that's where that's where they call us downstate, and we call them upstate. I think it's like a little satellite of of New York City. My mother went because, to my, yeah. my mother went to school there back then. Most of the people yeah. there are from New York City, so it's yep. it's like they have they used to have a Brooklyn reunion every year. It was like 500 <laughs> people would show up. And hey. Ithaca Brewing Company, which yeah. really awesome. you can't beat that. But it's all right. Dave and I are enough Brooklyn to uh, I guess yeah, uh, counteract that. Same neighborhood. <laughs> we can stalk each other if we want to. So here we are. The only living boy has certainly been an achievement for the two of you over the last couple of months. Successful Kickstarter campaign, followed by uh, more success, perhaps, perhaps, maybe. Yeah, we had two Harvey Award nominations. Yes. We were the top selling comic in the month of May. Yes. And uh, and we're almost sold out of our first print run of the first issue. Which nice. Also pretty exciting. So, uh, will, will there be multiple runs after that, or uh... billions of runs after yeah, that? Yeah. Seven hundred thousand runs. <laughs> yeah, that's really that's the trick right now. <laughs> Seven hundred thousand copies. Oh so. God. Yeah, no, but but I mean, I'm glad to see things are going well on that front. For anybody who uh, who may not be uh, familiar with the book, tell everybody a little bit about it. Oh yeah, it's a story of a 12 year old boy named Eric who runs away from home, mm-hmm. falls asleep under a giant rock in Central Park, and wakes up in a strange, mysterious world. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a strange, mysterious world. It's basically a patchwork world with aliens and monsters and all mm-hmm. these other things. And basically, he has to try and figure out where he is, who he is, and how to get home. Nice. Um, and it, it, it kind of... We watch him kind of change and grow and learn about like you know who he is and how to survive mm-hmm. uh, on his own. So a little bit, uh, I'd say, kind of like a cross between, say, like Aliens and Commandy. I would say more like a cross between the Jungle Book and Flash Gordon. Nice. All right, I'll take that. Yeah, I, I like will that. certainly take that. Or we also did Rip Van Winkle and John Carter on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the original version, not the uh, not yeah. the Disney movie version. Right. right yeah. Right. Because that one. Yeah. What, you mean the Disney version of the Ichabod Crane story? Exactly. Yeah, 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 sure, why not? No, John Carter. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, what what issue are you guys up to right now? We're up to issue two right now, and we're trying to set a date for issue three shortly. All right, cool. Um, And for collected editions, uh, how how far down down the road do you think that'll be? Uh, TBD. TBD, all right. Because I I never quite know how many issues people are going to go for in the collecteds. That's... uh, That, oh. that's, that's why I'm curious. Well, the, the book itself, the, the 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 volume is as planned right now is about 240 pages. Okay, all right. And uh, there are more stories after that, but mm-hmm. the main thrust of it is the first 240. Right, gotcha. And then, uh, you know, so that's that's where we're at. So right now we're at what? 75. 75 so. Okay. Third, fourth of the way through the story. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Sweet. And you guys have been collaborating for a while. I mean, you got you got a bunch of other books out there. Yeah. Um, how exactly did the collaboration start? I mean, did you guys just just meet in meet in New York and uh, fall in love, or, or was it more more uh, more along the lines of like pads meeting at the right time? We met at this. Ex- well, it's sort of we our first collaboration began at this show. Nice. Six years ago, seven years ago, was that, that, was, that, was, yes. the, that, was that the very first or the second? That was the second first show. Second, second show. Second, 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 second show. Okay. okay. All, right. All right. Yeah. Second New York Comic Con, mm-hmm. and Steve was in Artist Alley. Mm-hmm. And Steve and I had known each other because we had worked for Moonstone Books, but not on the same projects. Uh-huh. I had done like the vampires for White Wolf, and he had done werewolf stuff. I was really familiar with his work on Crimson Dynamo, right. his work on the Silencers, his work on some other stuff that hasn't been announced yet that was totally cool when I saw the pages <laughs> in the, like 2000s. I was like, oh my god, that project's awesome! So yeah, so I was just like, hey Steve, blah blah blah, and he was like, hey David, blah blah blah, and I was like, I'm doing a project for DC with werewolves, and he's like, werewolves? Werewolves? Well actually, mm. he, he said, he said, How, what do you think of werewolves in the Old West? Oh yeah, that's right. And I was like, go on! Right, right now, yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah. just put me in, because um, I have a long, a long love affair with werewolves. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to work with, uh, I used to work at White Wolf Games doing their werewolf line books. Oh, okay, books. nice. So very inspired by that, and then, then realized, oh wow, I have to take a different take on werewolves from that. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like, a, okay, I'm going to re- retool how I think about uh-huh. it. But it was basically, you know, I, I love the, the idea of someone who's, you know, struggles with that inner inner fight of, right. you know, becoming a monster or not. And, you know, it's like a hu- very human struggle, just mm-hmm. kind of writ large. So yeah. I li- I, that was that was kind of the thrust of the whole um, the whole book and the whole series, you know. And the Wolfbane cigarettes? Yes, are your... Wolfbane cigarettes. Is that my idea? No, that was oh. my idea. No, that's not. I was going to say, it's, it's, it's uh, a collaborative effort. Come yeah, on. It is a collaborative yeah, effort. Yeah. But it's uh, your assistant's favorite part of the book. She's like, oh, I yeah. really love the Wolfbane cigarettes. <laughs> She's like, sign me up. So do you guys uh, work more in the Marvel style, or is it uh, a more like you you write and then he draws what, what's there? It's kind of a collaboration of both full script and Marvel style, okay. if that makes yeah. sense. All right. Well, it's really, I mean, I think the best thing to say about it is that when we're working at our best, we're sitting there yelling at each other, coming up with ideas. Yep. Not yelling angrily, but just kind of like, oh, yeah. this happens, right. what if that happens? And then I'm jumping around the room, and David's writing things down or trying to draw little scribbles, yeah. and I'm looking at the scribbles, and no, 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 and then we go, this, and then I draw something, is nah, Try this, and then that's usually like when we're at the the height of the thing, and then we right. kind of run through the whole story, figure it out, and then it comes down to the actually the work part, mm-hmm. which is the you know he starts to write a script based on everything we talked about, and I start to solidify the layouts from there, and then okay. we we build the book from there. And it's every, very organic, I think. right? And yeah. every every pass has uh, like for example, Steve will I'll write an, an outline, send it to Steve to look at. Mm-hmm. Steve will be like, yes, yes, no, 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 yes. Uh-huh. Or whatever. And I will take his notes and be like, okay, whatever. And then Steve will do the, we'll, we'll make notes, I'll incorporate his changes. Yeah. Then he'll do the layouts. Yes, yes, no, no, yes, yes, no. Mm-hmm. And then pencils. Yes, yes, no, no, flip this panel, blah, right. blah, blah. And then inks. Yes, 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 add some black here, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then colors, blah, blah, blah. blah. blah, blah, blah. And then dialogue, first pass. Uh-huh. I write the dialogue, give it to Steve. He says, ah, I'm changed this, 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 that. Then we do another pass. What about that awesome line we had, you know, (laughs) when I was jumping on the table? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. So there's a a collaborative back and forth. Like, Mm -hmm. we both are co-creators. We're both co-authors. Right. And every part of the process we have our hands on. Okay. 
has the collaboration changed at all with you uh, in Ithaca now, or, or do you guys still get together to, to, to do your work whenever possible? We try, we try to get together and, and really, you know, and, and keep that going alive. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, sometimes it's not as, as easy, but we end up having long Skype conversations or phone uh, calls, yeah. and, you know, thank God for the fact that cell phones <laughs> don't have, like, lengths of how long you can call anymore. Oh, At least my long God. Distance, yeah. You know? I, I, so, I don't um, even want to know how many minutes I have used over the years anymore. Oh, you know? I, I, I sometimes know. I'll be like, get off the phone with Steve, and I'll say, 4.35 minutes. I'm like, what? <laughs> four hours and 35 minutes? I talked to Steve for four hours and 35 minutes? What? <laughs> That's, that's, that's why it's also good to Skype out. Uh, it doesn't really have a, uh, a time limit nor a price limit right. in any, say, in any right. situation yeah. like that. So that makes that life a hell of a lot easier. rollover minutes. Nice. I'm 18, I'm like 1,200 minutes, whatever. So, yeah. So along with Only Living Boy, you've had High Moon. Right. Any Anything further coming in, in, in that? Or? We cannot say anything at this particular nice. point, but talk to us next year at the same time. Grizzly, frazzly, enough said. <laughs> but we're doing a lot of, you know, we're, Steve and I work together on a lot of projects. And mm-hmm. not only did we do High Moon, not only did we do Only Living Boy, we did yep. Box 13, which mm-hmm. was nominated for several Harvey Awards. Very nice. It's true. Mm-hmm. And was one of Comic Salvage's most downloaded comics for a long time, mm-hmm. with over like a quarter of a million downloads because it was all free and whatever. And it did very well and, Sweet. you know, pioneered a lot of digital comics mm-hmm. stuff that hadn't been done before. Cool. It was like the first comic that was fully commissioned and developed solely for the iPhone. Oh wow, that's yeah. that, that's that's pretty amazing. And think of, and think of the leaps and bounds that, that we've gone from I say the beginning days of digital comics to I guess where we are now with uh, with iPhones and iPads and everything yeah. like that. It's it's a much different reading experience now than it was when things first started out. Oh yeah, I mean like well, one of the things that was really fun about working on uh, say like Box Thirteen uh, really taught taught us a lot. Is we I think part of it was was breaking down the idea of what a page is mm-hmm. and saying, okay, the screen is small, so why are we thinking pages? We should be thinking panels. Sure. And then what you start to realize is that there's a reader interaction with panels. Mm-hmm. And so while, like, yeah, if you were looking on a computer, it would look like a page. Yeah. On the phone, you're moving through the, through the panels. So it yeah. allowed us to kind of think about, like, you know, if you were to read Scott McCloud or, or whatever, you know, or, or yeah. Will Eisner, you're talking about the space between the panels being a, you know, that gap space, uh, that the gutter space to, to allow you to kind of transition from place mm-hmm. to place you don't really have that what you have is tap space yeah and so or tap speed and so what we learned is like oh if you do the story the right way you can actually get someone to s- speed up their taps on that and then yeah. slow down their taps mm-hmm. and, and i think it makes an interesting interactive read while still being a comic i always use you know? the panel the panel view on comicsology myself i find that so much easier than just trying to squint even though it's a large screen on like an ipad or an android tablet like it's just so much easier for me to go panel by panel. Well, see, and but my problem is, is that I prefer panel for panel, but so many comics aren't designed panel for yes. panel these right. days. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what we were playing around. Yeah, with. and that's what we played around with. I mean, we did some of it in Only Living Boy, but for the most part, we did it. All of that when we did with Box Thirteen was, mm-hmm. you know, think about how the reader consumes the content. Yep, definitely. Now I got to ask you, Steve, a little bit about the Breaking Bad stuff because oh, sure. uh, I mean, I am a huge fan of Breaking Bad and. A recent fan of Breaking Bad because you want to talk about chain smoking. Like I went from absolutely none of it to all of it on Netflix in a matter of like two months, just before the uh, the last episodes aired just now. Uh, how did that come about? Uh, what was it a uh, submission process, or did they have you in mind? It's it's actually really uh, interesting. I've been working with AMC for gosh like four or five years now, uh, doing lots of different projects. It started after I was doing High Moon. They kind of. Uh, 
found me to do it was a Breaking Bad interrogation game. Okay. Where you you play Hank and you're trying to basically oh, interrogate right. this guy. Sort of a and, website game, basically. Yeah, it was yeah. basically a website game and try to interrogate him and, and kind of figure out whether he's going to go, you know, whether he's going to literally lawyer up or not. And then mm-hmm. Saul Goodman comes in. Nice. So that was the first step, and that was a very simple and, and whatever. And then the next thing we did was uh, we kind of went along and did a, a it's a, a Jesse game mm-hmm. where basically you play Jesse. I'm forgetting the name of that one. It was called uh, the High oh, Cost, high of, the cost of Doing Business. business. That's what okay. it was. The, the Cost of Doing Business. And that one's basically you play Jesse and someone's taking his money. Oh. And you're basically running around Albuquerque hunting down where your money went. Where's where my money, went. bitch? Exactly, yeah. And it's really fun and I got to do, I got really familiar with the Aaron Paul and all that, you know, and all the different characters and stuff. And, yeah. And, and, and integrating it into my style, mm-hmm. so what it's not like photo reference oh, yeah. heavy. It's it's a little more like which I prefer myself. Like, yeah. like enough enough like the characters in real life, but a little bit of your own take. Yeah. Right, and that, that was to me that was very important. So what was really cool about this is they approached me. They're like, yeah, we want to do a, a just just a comic, not a game. Mm-hmm. And oh, we also did a Walking Dead one uh, called Dead Reckoning. Oh, all right. Uh, but it was a game again, but it was a much more animation right. involved. Where um, you play Shane the day that the that the dead wake up, oh boy. which is something they never explored in the movie in yeah. the show. Mm-hmm. So we actually got to make up our own Walking Dead lore nice. for that. Oh, so there's sweet. there's like some characters in there and things like that that you know will never appear again because they're dead. But you are you know, Robert Kirkman. <laughs> yeah, but we really like set up this whole thing with like uh, an ex girlfriend of Shane's mm-hmm. and all this other stuff because it's literally. You're playing them as they're learning that these things exist. Sure. Um, and that was a blast. And then uh, it's funny, each time I work with AMC, I'm like, well, that's probably the last time I'm going to hear from them because it was really cool, but you know, what else are we going to do? But wait, there's they, more. Yeah, yeah, and so they, they wanted to do this, uh, this this Breaking Bad comic. Mm-hmm. It was great. Like, I, it was a lot of little, like, wonderful things. I got to sit down and, like, literally pour through every single episode. Mm-hmm. I was working with two of the uh, assistant writers on the show. Oh, cool. Uh, they wrote it, and we kind of went back and forth about how to shoot it and how to do like you know shots and angles, and because we wanted to have its own feeling. Right. Part of it was uh, was also then working with the guy who built the uh, who built the the engine. They made a, a, a unique for the website comic reader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we uh, had to work with him about how the readability worked, and and some of the things that we learned on that that Dave and I learned on Box Thirteen. You know, use on I, that? I used yeah. on that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and 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 really were able to like kind of. Use slides and pans and things like that in cool. the telling of the of the story, mm-hmm. and uh, so it was just really um, it was it was very quick turnaround. Yeah. Um, and, but it was it was such an it was just fantastic. It was like it's one of my favorite. Like I didn't know the show before I did the first game, mm-hmm. and then I became completely addicted to oh the show. God. Yeah. And so like each time they're like, "Yeah, do you want more?" I'm like, "Give me more." <laughs> you know. And, and I swear, like when they ended the show, I like my literally my head nearly popped. I'm like, ah. How are they gonna? You know. So what, what's the joke? Breaking Bad, the uh, the only uh, show that uh, gets people to stop talking about the wire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I swear! Sometimes in the last season, I like I like literally, I felt like I was just gonna, I was standing there like, yeah, you know, un, not moving. Just that that know. last episode, we were just like on the edge of our seats, not sure exactly where things were gonna go, and then when it did, like, all right, fine, yeah. finally a finale, I could be a hundred percent happy. Right, with. you know, yeah. I mean, and that was really cool. Was um, one of the both highlights and disappointments of San Diego mm-hmm. was that I was supposed to meet the cast, Aww. and I only found out two hours afterwards. Like the like we were, like. They were like, yeah, you want to go to this panel and meet them, we'll tell you where it is. Yeah. And like because of the wireless in the convention center, I didn't uh, get it until two hours later. Yeah. But then earlier in the day, mm-hmm. I had been walking around through the artist alley, and yeah. I see this guy who looks just like 
Brian Cranston. Uh-huh. Well, more accurately, just like Heisenberg. And I'm walking around and I oh, see wait, him. Was this when he was wearing the mask? Yeah, but it literally, like, I was like, oh, that's got to be him. And because I'd seen a lot of guys dressed as him, sure. but there's something about his posture mm-hmm. that I recognize. So, like, I mean, I've been literally pouring over the right. show. I'm like, that sta- he stands just like <laughs> Brian Cranston. I know that sounds crazy, but no, literally. I mean, it makes sense. And yeah. um, so I'm looking at him, I'm like, that's got to be him. That's got to be him. So I run over uh-huh. and I've got my phone out. And I got like one of the shots of him holding the meth in his hand. And I'm like, look, I did your, I was going to be like, oh, look at your, I did your comic. I'm really excited to meet you. Uh-huh. And then as I go, hi, he turns around. It's this creepy, evil mask of his face. <laughs> and I literally like jumped out of my skin and then I like, just kept walking. You know, like, <laughs> and then later on the day, like someone's putting up Facebook stuff and I see that it was actually was him in a yep. mask. I nearly like, uh-huh. I was so like, so you met uh, him, but you didn't meet him. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Right? It was like I was so excited, and it was. Uh, but you met Juan Carlos Esposito, right? Yeah, that's nice. true. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That's oh, pretty cool. He, well, he and I mixed our coffee next to each other. Oh, <laughs> that's great. And he had both sides of his face. I'm glad he did. To hear he it. did. Yeah. It was nice. <laughs> now, David, any uh, soul stuff on your end, or uh, I cannot disclose. Neither confirm nor deny. Not hmm. Confirm nor deny. Hmm. But Steve and I do have a couple of partnerships coming, coming soon. soon. At least two. Dot, 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 ellipses. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> well, give, it, give your uh, your various websites to everybody out there where they can find out more about your current stuff. DavidGallagher.com. Mm-hmm. BottledLightning.com, but with a hyphen mm-hmm. in the middle, so it's BottledLightning.com. Okay. And HyperSteve.com. Fantastic. Or you can also follow me as HyperSteve pretty much everywhere else, or Steve Ellis, but HyperSteve is yeah, usually... You can yeah. follow me at David Gallagher on Twitter, and Steve has his own Facebook fan page, Sweet. which you can go like. And nice. I have my own Facebook fan page, which you can go like. Mm-hmm. Liking all around, basically. Liking all Lots around. of liking. <laughs> and then, we'll uh, like you, too. <laughs> and then you can find our work, uh, High Moon and Box 13, and Only Living Boy, all in Comicsology. All right, fantastic. Well, uh, guys, enjoy the rest of your craziness here at uh, New York Comic Con, and uh, get home in one piece. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you much. very much. All right, guys, probably more here on uh, Saturday, and if not, there'll definitely be more on Sunday. I'm tired. Five seconds later, J.K. Woodward. (laughs) What's going on, man? Oh, not too much. Just uh, enjoying this great con. (laughs) (laughs) And you get to enjoy it in a different way this time than normal, eh? Uh, Actually being able to walk around a little bit. I'm off the chain. I'm free. I'm free to run around. No, it's great. I'm just doing like three hours a day at the Taylor Podcast uh, table and... Mm -hmm. Just for the hell of it, I put a couple prints out, and I happen to be selling a lot of those, so it's been a good con for me, and even though I didn't really plan on it being so. Just about every Whovian that walked by, I saw, had like a look of like absolute yeah. glee on their face. Also that and the uh, the Star Wars Star Trek mashups nice. I did. People were loving those. It was a Darth Vader sitting on the bridge of the Enterprise. People seemed to get a kick out of that one. Have you had a chance to walk the floor at all? or Just a little bit. Uh, just Artist Alley. I haven't okay. gone to the, the monster floor yet, which is... <laughs> it's, I, may, I may not. I mean... <laughs> but from what I've heard, the main choke is actually getting from here to the exhibit. That, that is a bitch. Yeah. That is a bitch. they got to figure something out for that. Well, because, like, everyone's stopping people to take photos, like, yeah. in the hallway. And it's a wide hallway. There's no reason it should be that congested. Exactly. I mean, yeah. yeah. I think they need to come up with, like, a secret tunnel for, like, you know, us artists and stuff that we can take. Something like that. Maybe. Little bat cave entrance. Little, little something like that. That, that yeah. sort of thing, yeah. So, or so they should issue us little scooters or, or rascals. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's, so what's new in the land of Woodward? 
a lot of exciting stuff coming up for me that I cannot talk about. Which yeah. sucks. I know. I'm, I'm at the point in my career where I can't say anything. When I do announce, it's going to be incredible, though. Mm-hmm. Let me just say this. If you're yeah. a Star Trek original series fan, mm-hmm. man, you, you're going to love what's coming up. It's a new really miniseries we're going to be doing, and it's it's going to drive you crazy I as just, a Trek. I just I'm saw, going to talk. I can't help it. I want to talk about it. <laughs> I, just got, I just saw a really awesome old-school con walking the floor. Oh, I, I, cool. had, I had to stop him and say the original, you the mean, one that matters, the, the ponytail one, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Indian. I'm doing air quotes. The Indian. Indian. <laughs> yeah, not not the, not the Benadryl uh, yeah. uh, uh, coffee cake or whatever his yeah. name is. No, was it was it Rathacon one or, or was it the ponytail? It was, it was Rathacon. It was Rathacon one. Yeah. Okay, so mm-hmm. big chest. Yes, big chest con. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, awesome. But awesome. Uh, but no, that's that's cool that you got stuff coming down the road. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Nothing out right now. No. Well, what I'm working on as soon as I get back. In fact, the deadline is is this. Week mm-hmm. is I'm doing my first Ninja Turtle cover, which I'm very excited about. Really? Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been asking for Ninja Turtles for the longest time, so nice. I finally got a cover. So Fantastic. I'm really excited about are, that. Are they all Are they all going to be on it, or or one in particular? Uh, no, they are all going to be on it. Oh. I can say that, and it's going to be uh, issue 30, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So very. I'm, yeah, I'm stoked about that. Man. Hopefully, I'll get a one-off story one day eventually. Do some sequentials because. Uh, How freaking sweet is it that the turtles are like back? Yes. Oh, you have no idea, dude. You have no idea how excited I am. And, and I'm, I'm also excited that IDW has it because they're the ones I would trust to do something good with it. Right, yeah. And, and Eastman's back involved, which is really exciting when That's I first heard about cool. that. Yeah. yeah, he's doing all the layouts. It's incredible stuff. Well, it feels like original Turtles. That's so. good, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the uh, the actual show that's on the air right now. I oh, mean, that too, yeah. It, yeah, ha- yeah, it, has, yeah. it has almost all the personality and, yeah. and just genuine fun that, yeah. the, that the 80s one did, only slightly less cheesy. Yeah, which, yeah. Which, which is good because no, it was a good balance. They found yeah. a good balance, and and I, I you know, I, I try not to criticize uh, any of the movies or, or the cartoons because turtles are hard to peg down. Yes. it's a hard thing to find that balance, you know. But I except they, for that third movie, that one, uh, <laughs> that one was kind of a mess. <laughs> we don't. We, that did never happen. That never happened. But one of my, my favorite movie is actually the CGI one they did. Yeah, because no, TMNT. Yeah, TMNT. Yeah, exactly. That was brilliant. Yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah, because they yeah. actually they actually managed. And it had Patrick Stewart. It had Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Yes, and they managed to sort of keep the continuity both of the movies and of the comics. Like they found a the blend. Exact same well, that's time. what that's what um, IDW seems to be doing with the with the comics too. Uh-huh. It, it, it feels like no matter what turtle universe you're accustomed to, mm-hmm. it feels right. Sweet. You know, and it's it's a it, that's a hard thing to pull off. You know, that's because <laughs> it's so drastically different from the. 80s cartoon to mm-hmm. what was originally imagined in the comics yep. uh, to what was later done on, say, TMNT, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, but somehow it it, it, it fits it works. It all. They it found works. a very clever way to do it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And your pre-existing Doctor Who Star Trek, I know, is in trade. Uh, yeah, they're actually coming up with the hardcover in, I think it, the release date is two weeks. Oh, sweet. Nice. So they're going to do a hardcover collecting all eight. Mm-hmm. It's going to have some never-before-seen sketches that I did for the collector's edition hardcovers okay. that I did a while ago. I did okay. a whole shitload of sketches. Mm-hmm. It's a, Great stuff. Um, that's gonna. Some of that's gonna be published in there. Okay, cool. So, wow. um, yeah, and I did a beautiful wraparound cover for it that I spent like three days on. Those are the yeah. hard covers I like. The shit that adds extra back matter. Yeah, yeah. Makes it feel like you know you waited for a reason. In DVD extras, you know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah like yeah. the. Like, you get a DVD extras. Have you seen that Peggy Carter short that was included on the Iron Man three? Uh, I've not yet? seen that yet. No, dude. Yeah, it I'm, is so good. I'm gonna love it, right? You are. You are absolutely <laughs> gonna love it. Especially right. stay stay with it past the credits. Okay. Because just like Marvel movies, there's a scene at the I end of the credits. I never watch anything Marvel without staying past the yes. credits. I learned that a long time ago. This is definitely another one of those situations. The funniest nice. scene in the entire thing is at the is at the end of those credits. Oh, I can't wait to see it now. Yeah. I, I have it at home. I just haven't had time to watch it. When you yeah. do post on my Facebook, let me know what you think. Okay. It's freaking fantastic. Oh, absolutely. 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 Yeah. And you're still talking to Daryl. 
Uh, yeah, well, unfortunately, I have to. We do a podcast <laughs> together. So. Yeah. Yeah. We do uh, we do JK's Happy Hour now. We do it every yep. two weeks, every um, every Wednesday, and it's it's. It, we we played around with the format for a while, but yeah. we're now an actual interview show. So mm-hmm. everyone has an interview from somebody in the industry. Nice. And, uh, and it still has that pub theme to it because mm-hmm. you know, it's called Happy Hour. Well, it's via Skype now, obviously. It's you. via Skype because yeah. I live in California yep. now, but we, we put in pub noise in the background <laughs> to, be, to give it ambiance, you know, the ambiance. How's Cali treating you? Great. Oh, I, I, you know, I've, I'm originally from Long Beach before I moved to New yep. York. I'm familiar with the area. Uh, we found a nice area in a nice neighborhood, and we're only five blocks from the ocean. Oh, my It's God. beautiful. It's wow. beautiful. It's about room temperature every day, and it never rains. So I love it. Yes, never rains. Never, ever yeah, rain ever again. Rain. <laughs> <laughs> you only need to drown once before you Thank learn you. that lesson. No more sandy bullshit. <laughs> no. You are good. That's over. That's over. Now <laughs> yeah. we're just going to have a great earthquake or something. But. Uh, no. No. No more fundraisers, all right? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want you all right, man. I want things going good. Uh, things are going good, though. Well, good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Give, give, give all your web various websites and pick whatever the hell you feel like. Uh, jkwoodwardart.blogspot.com is a good one because that's the one I update the most. And you can follow me on Twitter, too, jk underscore woodward. Yep. Definitely worth doing that because sometimes I'll take pictures of things I'm not really supposed to take pictures of and publish. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully nothing dirty. Um, yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, no, good to see you back on the East Coast, if, if only for a little while. And uh, I've actually been back to the East Coast more than I've been in California lately because I'm doing, like, all these New England cons. Nice. and then Con, so yeah it's, hey it's great to come back sweet know. and uh, we'll definitely talk to you soon my friend absolutely thanks all right and uh more from new york comic-con eventually i flooped the pig no! look so day three of new york comic-con has concluded i'm actually walking over to dinner right now soon to be with adam and comfort brian j glass and his wife Judy Glass, Raph, Chris, and I will be with myself as well. It was actually a pretty good Saturday. Probably my favorite day of the con so far. Which I wasn't entirely expecting because Saturday is usually so goddamn hectic. But when I did get a chance to break away from the artist alley and check out the floor wasn't really that bad. It might have been that I went there at the right time. I got there around, I guess it must have been 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock. By that time, I think a lot of guys had either decided to go to panels or other parts of the con, or I just straight up left. So by then, pretty walkable. I bought my one trade of the con. I don't think I'm really going to be buying much else, because I have way too much to read to begin with, and My apologies for the wind noise, but I am walking as I'm doing this, which is probably illegal in some countries, but whatever. I bought a Excalibur Essentials, I believe that's what it was, of Warren Ellis. All of his early Excalibur work, which Warren Ellis himself says is crap, but everyone else says it's good. Because Warren Ellis is one of those writers that looks back on any of his old work and thinks that it's bad. Go figure. So I picked that up for five bucks at one of the booths. Can't remember the name of the booth offhand, but every single year that I'm there, they have $5 trades, and it's usually good stuff. Most of it's obviously going to be a Marvel runoff because they overprint just about every single trade that they uh, send to stores. 
but I like me some Excalibur, so that should be fun. What else happened today? I went to the uh, Marvel Infinity panel, and while there, learned of official news of Dan Slott's new Silver Surfer series, which I will more than likely pick up for a couple issues and see if I like it, with art by Mike Allred, previously of FF and Ecstatics and a bunch of other wonderful books he's been on over the years. Also announced a Ghost Rider book and the redesign for Ghost Rider looks oddly like one of the Titans from Attack on Titan for any of you anime or manga fans and that is entirely freaking me out right now. And they introduced an Iron Patriot book starring Rhodey, which I'm sure in no way is because of Iron Man 3 and its popularity. I wonder how they're going to explain the rebranding in the comics. Considering that uh, Mr. Norman Osborn had that identity before, but obviously it's going to be a little harder to explain in the comics. I did do some interviews as you know very well because you're listening to this episode so I won't talk about those because really like rewind dude like what's your problem or fast forward for that matter because I think I'm going to stick this right in the middle of an episode and what else do I have to say oh yeah cosplay continues to be terrific at this convention I just keep seeing better and better outfits every single time I go out onto the floor for the most part the best stuff is on the floor, but they do make their way to Artist Alley occasionally. Like, for instance, I got to see Yaya Han, who you might know from Heroes of Cosplay, dressed as Poison Ivy. Didn't say hi to her or anything, just, you know, took her picture like a nice person and said thank you and went about my business. And today was a better day for me when it comes to sales, to be a little bit vain. I did sell more of my uh, dollar comics today than I have in the last, I think, two days combined, which was very good, because essentially paid for my table now, which is nice. Sold off some of the uh, loose mouse guard issues that I have, and about, I'd say about 15 to 20 comics. So, less stuff to bring home. Hooray! And the convention in general seems to just have better crowd control than in the past, which just makes me a very happy man. More to come on Sunday. You see, the kids, they listen to the rap music, which gives them the brain damage. With their hippin' and the hoppin' and the bippin' and the boppin', so they don't know what the jails is all about, you see? Sometimes life requires the lifeblood of Sprite. Other times, life requires the lifeblood of H2O. And now Julian Lytle can speak. Yes, yes. What's up? Also, Sprite also now cures hangovers for the drunk people. I've been trying to tell you people. I've been trying to tell you people the healing nature of the Lyman. And nobody listens to me. The Lyman. You know? It, yeah. so, it sounds like a completely different thing when you call it Lyman, man. Hey, man, that's yo. I know the I know the nineties commercial. It was Lyman. Yeah. You know, although, although, although this this was specifically the Chinese formula of Sprite, so ours could be uh, working a little bit different. It's a little bit. They, they, their waters were different. That's that's the main yeah. thing. Yeah. I, I've drunk like at least Sprite from like four different countries. Yeah. It's basically the water. The water is what changes the flavor. That and 
we use corn syrup in other places like don't yeah. always use corn syrup i've had i've had canadian sprite i've had mexican sprite and i've had u.s sprite i think i once had indian sprite but I'm not entirely I sure how. Sprite. I need that Indian Sprite. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I might bust out a Bollywood dance with some Indian Sprite. <laughs> like, oh, man, I'm two-stepping to the Indian Sprite. Oh, man. So how'd it go, man? How's the weekend gone? The weekend's been going pretty good. It's a pretty good uh, New York Comic Con, even though they have all this crazy technology for the badges this year. <laughs> but it, people have actually been getting in without chokes. It's weird. I didn't expect that. I expected it to be horrible. Well, it was a little horrible today, but uh, previous days it was it was it was actually pretty in and out. Yeah, it's probably because they spend money on technology because it works. Yeah, something that I think maybe uh, San Diego should invest in doing. Like I don't know. Maybe. Although, although I I know I know of at least one person who spoofed the RFID. They actually built their own RFID at home. You know, just like programmed it. And uh, made it work. Well, once you make so- once you something with technology, somebody's gonna hack it. Oh, come on! Somebody's yeah. gonna hack it, especially in a nerd convention. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you know the interesting thing about this convention is that they yeah. have their own sales table for their own merchandise. Yeah, they do. I've never seen that before ever. Like what? You haven't? No. C2E2 has one. Yeah, it's like- Same company, right? I haven't yeah. been to C2E2. Wizard-, Wizard Worlds have them. Oh, they do. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've stopped going to there. Well, yeah. So did everybody. They're terrible. They're shit. And I really don't need to see Winston Zedmore. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Make that happen. I'll, maybe I'll meet him one day on the street. I don't need to go to a Wizard World show for that. Yeah. Those shows are terrible. So have been uh, new and old coming by and uh, yeah, and, and being amazed by your world's yeah. finest? Yeah, new new, uh, new people, old people, <laughs> you know, regulars. And it's been a good show. It's been a really good uh, New York Comic Con. Yeah. I like they kept us in the same area from last year because I like this area. It's awesome. Yeah, no, this, this works for you. You're smack dab in the middle. Sort of. To the left. Oh yeah, I just like. Also, I like that. Like all the kids dressed as Attack on Titan. Like they all fell in love with this anime. I've only read volume one so far. I haven't seen the anime, but uh, I'm, I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting there. That means you're further along than I am. I, I watched the third episode. Oh yeah, that show was violent. It, hey, if it's any as violent as that freaking uh, first volume of the manga is, man. man I mean, holy crazy. shit! Those giants be just ugh, it's nasty. Oh like, yo, hey, did, creepy looking. Did you see the cut? The uh, the head for the new Ghost Rider. I swear to God, it's a Titan. What? Yeah. That's terrible. Look it up on one of your magic phones sometime in the near future. I will. You'll, you'll see exactly what I'm talking happening. about. All I know is you told me about, like, uh, all new X-Factor. Yeah. All new X-Factor. Yep. Uh, and uh, Silver Surfer, written by Dan Slott, drawn by Mike Allred. I don't know about that. Yeah. But it is Mike Allred, though. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I'm a, oh man Yeah It's gonna look dope But I don't know about that slide Hey Attack on Titan Can I take your picture? <laughs> Get that on the show Yeah That's getting on there For the collection We'll have the biggest Attack on Titan album ever With your magic glass Got that on the show Google Glass and on the show How long you had how long, how long you had glass now? Three months Yeah Three months Wow How's it work? It works great Yeah I actually It works really well I kind of killed the battery though. <laughs> like it doesn't last as long as it did when I first got it. What do you do? Just keep it on nonstop? Yeah, I wear it all day. Yeah, wow. I wear it all day. You get stopped on the street? Yes. Yes. And sometimes they'd be like, "Yo, why are you getting too close to me on the street?" Like there's rules. Like, yo, like I totally understand Alec Baldwin and Kanye how they be like beating up paparazzi. Like, yo. 
There's airspace. We'll you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you just, you just got to program a command. Glass, slap a bitch. <laughs> Yo, I wish I could zap him on some Cyclops shit. Like, <laughs> behold. Like, oh. I mean, you, you, you have better, uh, you have better uh, like, nose pieces on that than I do on my freaking glasses. I know. I got, like, a whole... They give you a whole bunch of extra ones, too. Oh, yeah? So, like, these actually get kind of old. I might have to, like, flop them out and put the new ones in. Yeah. They've been in here three months straight. I don't, you know, pop the joints out, get the fresh... The fresh choice, the, the fresh nose pads. <laughs> How good is the quality of the, of the uh, photos on that? Man, I don't know. I guess maybe between like three to five megapixels. That's not bad. That's not bad. And the video is uh, 720 HD. Oh, all right. That'll work. So, yeah. As long as, long as you keep your head steady, then you're fine. I know, because sometimes I'll be like this. Yeah. It's like, take a photo. Take I got like this, I'll be like, this, I'll be like <laughs> yeah. I got like GQ for a second. Like, keep up Professor X on. I'll be like, take a picture. Yeah. You know? Hmm. Let me think about that. One, one, one. To me, my X-Men. Make a show. Oh, wait. Take wrong wrong one. Sorry. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> Commissions. Uh, favorite of the, of the uh, weekend. What'd you, get, what'd you do? What'd you do? Um, I've been, like, every time someone asks me to draw Deadpool, yeah. I draw him like a Southern rapper. Oh, yeah? So, yeah. So, like, one, I did a sketch card of uh, Deadpool, like uh, Juicy J. Uh-huh. And I did another one of uh, Deadpool as 2 chains. Nice. I call them pool chains. <laughs> like, that's such a good idea. I kind of wish, like, I could do a Marvel cover so I could actually do the pool chains cover. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yo, I saw some crossover, like, Princess Toadstool Deadpool shit running around here earlier. That's bananas. Yeah. Yo, I know Tony uh, Fleecy's got these dope-ass prints with, like, like romance novel pulp book covers with, like, longing, like, Princess Toadstool with, like, douchebag-looking, like, Mario in the back. It's Pride, amazing. Pride and Prejudice Toadstool? Yeah, it's something like that, but, like, yeah, it just looks awesome. Oh, man. Like, I want to read those stories. Yeah. And my, uh, my friend uh, Jared Fletcher has this print of a cover of Life with Archie in Vietnam with, like, Archie looking all scared and, like, Jughead with, like, his necklace of ears looking like a straight pimp. Yep. Oh, like, I kind of want to read that Archie comic, but it doesn't exist. It'll happen. It'll happen. The other big news of the weekend, by the way, Marvel's going to release the full mo- Miracle Man. Really? The shit that yep. everybody wants? Yep. Finally happened. How did they do that? They, they made the deal. They make it happen. That Disney money, man. That Disney yep. money. Well, I mean, I mean, they had the rights to Marvel, man. They just had to iron things out for Miracle, man. Yeah, because the copyright stuff is all funky. Yeah. So they're gonna re-release it and then uh, continue it. So basically, they continue it as in all the stuff that wasn't published. Also, the stay of stuff that no one ever read. Yeah, issue, dude. Issue twenty-five has been sitting in a can, penciled and lettered, but not colored. For the last like 15, 20 years. Wow. Yeah. That means I can finally read this stuff. Yeah. Written by Neil Gaiman. Yeah, it's gonna get all the money. Yep. That's why a hundred thousand seller right there. I think the best part, we'll all get to see Chuck Austin art. Chuck, Chuck Austin under an alias. Back in the day, yeah, right? yeah, under an alias, he he drew some of the Alan Moore stuff. Damn. Yeah. I just want to see what all the hype is about. So do I, man. So do I. I mean, Chris Chris has a bunch of it, but uh, like all in like singles and like old trades and stuff like that. But it'd be nice to see it all fresh and new, man. Yeah. Yeah. Buy that omnibus. Yep. Sight unseen, just like it's baller. I'm just gonna buy it. So, is the plural of omnibus omnibuy or omnibuses? Omnibus. I don't know. I call them omnibus. <laughs> it means one or many. Yeah. So what else? What else going on? Anything? I don't know. I just want to go see uh, the Wacom people. Yeah. Yeah. 
I want to use that tablet some more. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You said you got you got to do a demo it, right? I got to use it a little bit. That shit is amazing. Oh man, like really good for drawing. Yeah, yeah. Really good for everything. Oh man, really good for life. <laughs> be great you'll you'll be walking around with your glass you'll be walking around with the Wacom this future shit just be walking around oh, DC Star Trek you know what I'm saying Star Trek life hey attack on Titan you guys take your picture there you go all that make it happen <laughs> Julian Lytle is taking another attack on Titan photo for his collection I don't even know what that character is yet. That's how baller this is. Oh, with the pose. I won't have the largest attack on Titan freaking album on Google Plus ever. Ooh. Thank you very much. Google Plus. Google Plus it. Glass makes you a Google Plus user real quick. You be like, yo, yo, I don't use Google Plus. Yo, I use Google Plus every day now. Yeah, because then you first have to save them and save as for all the Facebook shit. Yeah, I know. I got to upload stuff with this. It's just like all this stuff automatic uploads to Google Plus by itself. It's immediate buy-in. Yeah. Immediate buy-in. That's the way it goes, man. He's like, yo, I got to have it. Like, yo. Oh, this is awesome. All right. Give 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 all the info out there, the usual shit. All right, yeah. You can find me online. Julian Lytle, L-Y-T-L-E dot com. Yep. Anti-JulianLytle.com is yep. my webcomic. Julian Lytle is my Twitter, my Instagram. Find me on Pad. Find me on MySpace. That's right. MySpace. My That's just a Timberlake MySpace. Not the old MySpace. Wow. I'm on like, I think I'm on everything. I'm on Pinterest. Holy. I'm on, I'm like all, all the hot joints. And uh, yeah, ignorant-bliss.com is my yep. podcast. Mm-hmm. I write movie reviews on Punch Up Critics. We need, we need part two of that Power Rangers coming, man. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, it's about to come up. And and yeah, uh, whatever uh, Brett likes, I don't like. <laughs> you heard that, Casina? He did that for you. For you. Pre- preach that. Preach that. And you know what? He's going to be on an episode with you again soon. He's going to make it happen. And you're going to have to sit there and you're going to have to take it like a little bitch. You hear that? You hear that? That message is for you, man. You're not here at New York Comic Con, so I get to say shit like that into a microphone all about you. That's it. Enjoy moving into your new house, Casino. <laughs> Have you ever had deja, 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 deja vu? And we're near winding down here. On Sunday, my voice is near winding down, but it has just enough left in it for Mr. Brian J.L. Glass. Oh, it's so awesome to be here. Hi, Ian. Hi, how's how's the uh, weekend been treating you, sir? This has been a fantastic New York Comic Con. I, I love coming to this city every year. The only thing I wish was that hotels were closer to the convention center. <laughs> yeah, so does the rest of New York. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason. And, and, again, I can't say this enough. Pretty soon, 7 Train will be stopping right here. Fantastic. Hopefully by next show. Hopefully by next show that station will be open and it'll make life a lot easier for everybody. So uh, in general, a whole bunch of stuff happening for you, huh? Yes, indeed. Mice Templar is in the process of winding down. Mm -hmm. We're in the climactic arc and that'll be still another year and a half like people are already bemoaning oh it's the end of mice templar what am i gonna do and i'm like yeah "Yeah, it's like get get over it there's still a year and a half to go (laughs) there's plenty of mice and betrayals and bloodshed and beheadings (laughs) (laughs) and then meanwhile we're gearing up 
my new Dark Horse creator-owned series, yep. Furious. Which ain't the same old mice. It's not. Uh, no more Mr. Mice Guy. <laughs> 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 so uh, Furious is my entry into superheroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a superheroine with serious anger management problems. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've co-created her with uh, Victor Santos. Okay. A uh, Spanish artist who's uh, a really big, big deal over in Spain, but hardly anyone knows him in the U.S. So he uh, he replaced Mike Oming on Mice Templar about five years ago. Okay. So I've been working with him for five years, and he is the best partner I could ever, ever ask for. That's great. And uh, so we're doing Furious together. Mm-hmm. I mean, she she's my baby. Uh, I created everything story-wise, but I gave Victor carte blanche for designing all the characters, Sweet. the costumes. He's bringing a really fascinating uh, visual style to the storytelling, so... We're hoping Furious ends up looking like no other book on the stands. That would be pretty awesome. Victor, how'd you come across him initially? Was it just via finding his stuff online, or uh, or were you introduced, or one way or the other? Uh, that began with Mike Oming. Okay. Uh, Mike Oming, of course, is my partner on yep. Mike's Templar and Quixote mm-hmm. and 86 Volts and Ship of Fools. Sure. I mean, I've known Mike Oming for, I guess it's, we're closing in on 30 years. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah. Tom flies. Yep, yep. And man, it's, uh, most of it's been fun. Mm-hmm. Most of it has been fun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 guess what? I'm going to make you feel old. I turned 30 in January. <laughs> I'm done. Okay. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, uh, but uh, when Mike uh, Mike did a European convention okay. uh, n- a decade ago, mm-hmm. and that was where he met Victor, and uh, Victor was a huge fan of of Mike's work, mm-hmm. and Mike just fell in love with his style and cool. just said to him right then and there, "We're gonna we're gonna work together on something someday." Mm-hmm. And when the first volume of Mice Templar coincided with, with Mike having some serious there were personal issues mm-hmm. and uh, life-changing events, and he, he, he was ready to kind of hang up Templar for the foreseeable future, sure. but he knew uh, that my career was hanging on Mice Templar, right. and I was committed to wanting to tell the story through to its ending. Mm-hmm. And so he said, well, uh, I, if anyone was going to, if I would trust anyone to take over my Templar, it would be Victor. It would be Victor. Mm-hmm. And so when I, well, I was first introduced to him as, this is the guy who's going to replace me on the book. He's Spanish. He doesn't speak English. Good luck. <laughs> Here's Google Translate. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, the very first thing, uh, I, I built, I spent years building up a, a working relationship and a rapport mm-hmm. with Mike Oming. So the very, one of the earliest communications with Victor was, uh, would you like me to kind of like dumb down the script? Okay. Not in a... Not intellectually, just in that right. communication purposes. Mm-hmm. ABC. Yeah, I can really try to like streamline. And Victor was so cool. He wrote back and said, I want a future in American comics. Change nothing. Nice. And he said, whatever translation things he has to do, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll do. That's, that's great. Yeah. And so I just like, okay, I'll take him at his word. Mm-hmm. And... Over the course of these five years and the the 20-something issues now that I've done with him, he's maybe misinterpreted 
five things wow. in five years. It, it, <laughs> he's a dream. It's funny. You talk about, uh, you know, I guess adding to the repertoire for Victor, you know, saying like, oh, I want to do American comics, so I got to learn how to do it, the, uh, you know, that way. You yourself adding things to the repertoire here, uh, diversifying yourself past the fantasy genre onto the, the superhero genre. Uh, how long has this, ca- has this uh, idea been brewing and uh, really, like, how long have you been looking to diversify yourself? Because I know you, you can't be the mice guy forever. Yeah. Uh, I, I've wanted to diversify myself pretty much ever since I started working on Mice Templar. I knew I did not want to be pigeonholed as the fantasy guy. Right. Because, uh, like, the medieval high fantasy, while I enjoy it, mm-hmm. it's never been my, my first love. Right. I mean, I, I love supernatural horror. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I like superheroes as much as the next guy. It's yeah. a superhero-dominated industry. But it, it, uh, Mice Templar became the primary bread and butter. Yeah. It, it became the... I got my Harvey Awards for Mice Templar. Yep. And that's that's really cool. And then the next thing you know, you turn around one day and realize, like, uh, editors say, well, if we had a talking animal book, Brian would be perfect for it. And what yeah, do you boy. mean? <laughs> Have, are you reading my talking animals? There's like there's romance and murder mystery and yeah. and, and betrayals and, and bloodletting like, and okay, beheading. talking zombie animals. There you go, boom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's uh, the, the desire to want to break that mold mm-hmm. uh, has been there. I guess I, I got serious about bringing Furious to life two years ago. I was going to work with an artist, Josh Meadows, who was a really wonderful, wonderful human being. He wrote the forward for our Mice Templar Volume 3. Josh had come through a cancer battle. Mm -hmm. And uh, Volume 3, our hero, Carrick of Mice Templar, or our hero of Mice Templar, Carrick, Mm -hmm. spends the entire issue in a coma. And the the volume climaxes with what's been happening. While while the the arc has followed everyone without Carrick, the climax of the volume is what's been happening in the metaphysical realm okay. while Carrick's been in the coma. Mm. And we thought, Josh yeah. has been through this battle, and uh, let, me, let me yeah. ask him to write the forward. Okay. And then that forward led to, he's ready to get back into comics after this battle, and what's going to be his, his return? Well, we started talk. I introduced him to Furious. Okay. And we worked for four months. He started developing uh, uh, character designs and costumes. And it was working with him that got me super psyched to bring this creation that was actually a couple of decades old. Yeah. I know I, I, we kind of jumped over that. <laughs> but uh, K- Furious has been a character that has been long evolving. Gotcha. Uh, gestating for a couple of decades mm-hmm. so the the original version of her was not furious okay. but what that character was definitely evolved into what furious is yeah. now and it was uh, just the, the prospect of working with Josh Meadows that got me excited about let's complete the metamorphosis yeah. make the character alive at long long last mm-hmm. and Within four months, Josh's cancer came back. Oh, boy. And we lost him three months later. Oh, that's too bad. And uh, I just, I felt, I, I can't even pick up the, the series I'd gotten so excited for. Sure. And I, I couldn't even feel I could go back to it. Yeah. It was, it was just last October when we lost Josh. And uh, Mike Oming contacted me in January and said, 
uh, he felt enough time had passed, a period of mourning, and he said, well, wh what are you doing with the superhero book? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I'm, it's kind of, uh, it's not on my radar anymore. And he said, well, Dark Horse is looking for creator-owned superheroes right now. Okay. And I said, eh, well, I'd be interested in that. I, I don't have an artist. Yeah. And he said, you work with Victor Santos. <laughs> I went, um, hmm. uh, it didn't occur to me. Okay. <laughs> It's like, it's like it's like not realizing that two plus two equals four when it has this entire time. Yeah, and there was also this element of on Mice Templar, I'm not just Victor's writer, I'm his editor. Right. And I don't want Victor taking on another project. <laughs> nice. Uh, but no, Vic, Victor is fantastic. I had to get over a very small hurdle about uh, Josh Meadows uh, drew in, in a hyper-realistic style. Mm -hmm. Uh, he was mostly known for horror, did a book called Willow Creek okay. for Xenoscope. Uh, mm -hmm. He's a really great guy, super detail artist. And Victor is much more of a clean cartoon style, like yeah. closer to a, to a Darwin Cook, a gotcha. Bruce Tim. Okay. And uh, it just, it, it was jarring initially to go, mm -hmm. this is, I, I was so married to the hyper-realism. Right. And my story is so gritty and real world. Going from one idea to an almost an entirely separate one uh, visually. Exactly. It, it can be a hard hurdle to get over. Yeah. And I just, I, I literally, I, I took an evening to talk it through with my wife. And in the end, I just kind of concluded, like, who am I to be at this point? I'm desperate to break this Mr. Mice Guy uh, hold. <laughs> and who am I now to like? Victor's a great friend. Yeah. He's a great partner. He's a phenomenal talent. He's he's a dream to work with. Mm -hmm. And none of you get to work with him till <laughs> well, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? 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 You hear that? What? What? He will break your legs. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, don't tease me! Don't tease me! <laughs> wow. Have not gone there in a while. Thanks. Uh, well, and, and it's an interesting time for Dark Horse in particular, because I know that, that, that soon the Star Wars license will be moving on, obviously, with, uh, with you know, Marvel uh, yeah, and, and Disney so. and everything along those lines. So it makes sense that they would want to, I guess, diversify their portfolio in one way or the other to ensure that there are books out there that will continue to have the the readers piling in. And, mm -hmm. you know, superheroes is, is the logical step to go, I guess, in that, in that aspect. Yeah, I mean, Dark Horse has had some success with superheroes in the past, yeah. but they didn't have characters that... Uh, Inspired the same as uh, as the big two's characters, right? And uh, but now they're with this new opening the door to create our own. Like before, they were trying to create a dark horse superhero universe, yeah. and now it's it's less about a coherent universe mm -hmm. and more about individual creative visions for superheroes. Cool. So, Furious does not exist in the dark horse superhero universe. Mm -hmm. Uh, she doesn't exist in Mike Oming's The Victories universe. Right. She is her own universe, and yep. she's actually she is the very first superhero of her universe. Okay. So we, we'll also be exploring the idea of how the world reacts to okay. its first superpowered being, and we're approaching it from uh, the media standpoint. Like, how does the media, and old media versus new media? And like, how does the public and officials and how do people respond to here's someone who actually flies? Right. And so Dark Horse is seeing the value in letting individual creators bring brand new 
personal inspirations yeah. to to the superhero genre, and I think they're striking gold. And uh, I I got to meet with Mike Richardson this weekend. Mm-hmm. Very tall man. Very nice man. <laughs> Uh, I, I, it was it was a phenomenal meeting. Great, and uh, he uh, he clued me in on a lot of really great behind the scenes. And uh, Dark Horse is really behind Furious, uh, even glad. even greater than I suspected that they were. So 2014 is going to be a big big year for me, a big big year for Dark Horse, great. a big big year for Furious, and a big big year for the uh, for the number four. 2014, why not? Okay, yes. let's, let's go that way, yeah. Um, so when does it, the first issue come out? Furious number one is going to land uh, January 29th, okay. which is Super Bowl week. Day after my birthday! Woo! Woo! Yeah, it's my gift to you, Ian. Thank you. You're very welcome. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, but we are doing a eight-page prelude story okay. about Furious, in the pages of December's Dark Horse Presents, mm. um, which is in the uh, October previews catalog nice. right right now. Okay. Uh, we're sharing space with a new Matt Kent mind management installment okay. and a new Mike Mignola Hellboy installment. Sweet. So we're in really good company oh, please. Yeah. In, the, in the new, I guess, the volume two Dark Horse Presents number 31. Okay. But what's even cooler is at the start of the new year, beginning of January, since it'll be a five-week countdown to the arrival of Furious, Dark Horse is going to be putting that, making that eight-page short story available on their website as a free download. Oh, nice. Is that also going to be on the... Uh, any idea if that's going to be on the Dark Horse app as well on the uh, on the uh, mobile side or... Uh, that I could not tell you. Okay. Sorry about that, that. That's fine. Don't worry about it. So, yeah, that's that's terrific. Uh, and Mice Templar, future issues of that continue to come out uh, throughout yep. 2014, as you said. In fact, our, our next hardcover compilation will debut uh, November, the day before Thanksgiving. Great. The soft cover version in January. All right. So January is going to be both Mice Templar and a Furious start to the new January, year. the month of glass. <laughs> <laughs> Don't shatter me, man. Give your uh, information website-wise and all that out to the wonderful people. Yeah, I'm. I'm. you can track me down like the dog I am at brianjlglass.com. That's Brian with a Y. Uh, I'm also available at all the usual online haunts. I'm on Twitter at, at BJLG for Brian JL Glass. What a concept. Yes. And I'm on Facebook and I'm on Tumblr and, and whatever other. By the time this airs, there'll be five more social media sites that I'll be desperately behind joining. All missing a vowel. Because that seems to be a thing. <laughs> Brian. Thank you so much, and enjoy the last uh, three hours of New York Comic Con. Oh, I definitely intend to. It's <laughs> the, the, the power of New York Comic Con compels me. The power of New York Comic Con compels you to listen to whatever comes after this. Lana. 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 Lana! What? <laughs> Danger Zone! And what would a time at New York Comic Con be without the jolly Jamal Eigel? Hi, Ian. Hi, Jamal. You can't escape me. <laughs> I don't think I was trying this time. You mean you were trying in previous times? Well, you know, the arrow in the ankle oh, kind of hindered me a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I, I, I blame Brent for that. But one. I took an arrow to the knee. <laughs> <laughs> so, last night, yes. on the train, I did read... 
Molly, danger. Okay. All right? Let me have it. All right. Now, first off, it's very good. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. Number two, the art is very good. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. Number three, when am I getting more of it? 2015. No! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I understand life comes first. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, so far so good, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I do need to say that Thank 100%. You. Like, I mean, the, uh, the form factor I actually kind of feel like works for the comic. Like the old whole oversized European right. thing going on, because we get to see more of your pretty pictures. <laughs> Thank you. How have uh, people been uh, receptive? The uh, response has been very, 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 very good. I mean, you you saw the turnout we had at yes. the, the the launch party last night. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was more than I was expecting. I was hopeful, but that was definitely more than I was probably expecting in the back of my head. With small little crab cakes. It was small little crab cakes, <laughs> a, little, a little little bits of steak on little little, 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 little pieces of toast. Little, little mouche bouche. Yes, exactly. Hordevoir. Thanks to Jerry's Artorama, of course, and Strathmore yes. and Artograph, our sponsors mm-hmm. for the party. Yeah, no, it, it, the whole it's the response that the show has been really, really well. We've sold a bunch of copies, Good. you know, and people have been very, very receptive and. No, I, I couldn't be happier. What's been the ratio of uh, of young purchases to old purchases? Uh, more old purchases. I mean, uh-huh. it's you know, it's a little for a younger reader. I mean, it's tw- it's a twenty dollar book, right? You know, so the price it's not price prohibitive, yeah. But you know, it's more than like your average kid is going to be feel like they can spend. Oh, sure. But you know, it it's something that. We've had a lot of parents come by and pick up copies of the book, and you know, and they're going to share it with their kids. So, right. You know, so that, that, that's that's always a positive. Sharing is caring. Sure, after of course, all. absolutely. <laughs> so, what what else have you been up to? With let's see, I just finished an issue of GI Joe Special Missions for IDW that's coming out in November. Nice. Uh, Dark Horse announced that I'm going to be doing a six issue Terminator miniseries with Dan Jolly, which is coming out in February. Things that get announced at this show <laughs> that I don't hear until they come out of the mouth of babes. Wow. Yeah, that's so it's, nice. so it's uh, called Terminator Enemy of My Enemy. Okay. And uh, the first issue should be out in February. Is this, uh, this is uh, movie universe? It, it is uh, around the same time. It takes place in 1985. Okay. And it stars a uh, female CIA hit woman named Pharaoh Green. Okay. Who's sort of a cross between Gina Torres and Gina Garano. So. Double the Gina. Double, yeah, double the fun. Exactly. <laughs> Basically a 5'11 Amazon badass button woman nice. goes up against the Terminator. I was one. <laughs> You're welcome. I already made Brian, uh, Brian J. Glass earlier feel old. By, that doesn't by make me... That, you, you know, 85, I was 13. All right. So, that's, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's not, not too bad. bad. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Not too shabby. <laughs> not too shabby. So, uh, have you been uh, doing research for uh, for the whole uh, eighty five look? Like- oh, absolutely. Uh, my desktop is littered with folders nice. of like of nineteen eighty five research, which is especially clothing is very difficult to find because mm-hmm. surprisingly enough. Fashion has not, base fashion really, really hasn't changed. changed. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, A lot of it really is the same. So I'm kind of going out of my way trying to find things that are period indicative, especially okay. with women's clothing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, big shoulder pads. And 
Well, I mean, even, even if you look at music videos from the 80s, like, it totally was, like, especially around, like, 84, 85, it's, like, it's the transition period, like, slowly getting right. out of bell-bottoms right. and afros exactly. and, like, working exactly. your way towards, so there's like, still, denim. Yeah, there's still a few afros there, but I haven't really gone over to the flat-top side of the mm-hmm. spectrum just yet. <laughs> I don't think I've ever asked you how huge a Terminator fan are you. Like, I mean, how familiar are you with the uh, with the movies up until now? Like, I mean, have you been following it since the old days, or like, have you? Did I you saw have- Terminator. I saw Terminator, the first Terminator on television, mm-hmm. right before T two. Okay, because I was, of course, too young to see right. to go and see the first Terminator movie. Yeah, and then actually, I think it was probably on home video. All right. at, at that point, mm-hmm. and then you know T two, which I've seen probably seen about thirty times. Yes. As, as, as Which still holds should. up. Oh my actually. god, yes. Still holds up amazingly. Um, the Blu-ray transfer for that is amazing. I've only seen Terminator Sal- I've seen T the Terminator 3 and Terminator Salvation. Mm-hmm. But I've only seen them once, okay. so I'm not as familiar with them, but I watched the Fox show, the Ter- yeah. you know, Sarah Connor Chronicles. Which uh, underappreciated. And I, I still I still have to actually watch season two. Because yeah. like I, I I dropped it after one. Well, and I still then I'm like, like the actor who played Chromighty, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, Sarah Connor in that is... Lena Headley. Lena Headley, right, yeah. So now she's, uh, well, in a different situation. Yes, in exactly. <laughs> awesome. And, uh, Although I did see her on Sesame Street recently. So. Really? Yeah. What? It was, wow. It was like clips. It was like a clip of her on Sesame Street, and then Henry Cavill, and then who else? Oh, Peter Dinklage also. Oh, my There's a, If you go on YouTube you'll, and look for, like, Lena Headley, Sesame Street, or Peter Dinklage. Sesame Muppets Street. of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, there's no throwing Kermit out the window. Yeah. There. <laughs> Have they been saying anything? Because last I heard, I mean, I know that they were still sort of in a holding pattern for Terminator movies. Like, I know, like they were trying to get the uh, the uh, franchise I, back rolling. Not, not that I know of. I know Studio Canal has the license okay. right now, so it's in their hands, I guess, about yeah. what what they want to do next. Watch Arnold will be back, whether we want to or not. That's the rumor, right? Isn't yeah, it? That, that he's going to be in the movie. Well, I guess maybe if the Stallone joint works out for him, uh, he'll, he'll, he'll. Well, I mean, you know what they could do, actually. I mean, if they were going to have Arnold back, I mean, mm-hmm. they did establish in Terminator Three that he was the the model yes. for the, for the T eight hundred for the for Model one hundred and one. <laughs> so they could do something where. It's like in between Terminator Three and Terminator mm-hmm. Salvation, yeah. where he's like, you know, the suit, like the the pseudo leader of the resistance, <laughs> and then, the, well, no, because think about it, you could do that and then have him have Roland Kickinger back uh-huh. as the T eight hundred, or oh wait, no, that'd be too soon. So I guess, yeah. yeah. I forgot to ask. Did that the did the Kiss trade ever come out? Uh, it did actually. It did. Okay. It did. It, uh, I think it came out uh, last year. Okay, cool. Or at the end of the year last year. All right, awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, I picked up issue one of that, I think, and then never got around to any of the rest of them, so I can probably... Uh, it's fun stuff, actually. <laughs> yeah. No, it, of course it is. It's freaking... Come on, it, it's Kiss. Kiss is, kiss is fun. Kid, yeah, you, you, can't, uh, you can't help for it being fun. <laughs> so, 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 so what else, uh, Igo-wise, you got, you got to bring up? Anything else? Um, just various covers and stuff. You know, cool. Terminator is going to take... You know, it's time. Gonna, yeah. Yeah, it's going to take time, mm-hmm. and in between, it's just going to be me doing that and uh-huh. fulfilling the rest of my my backer, uh, backer, like getting my backers yep. and stuff mm-hmm. for the Kickstarter. Which and, is why it was nice that I was here to pick yes, it up I in know, person. I, I appreciate that. Hooray <laughs> for, for saving shipping time on that. 
Don't worry, Casino. You'll get it eventually. All right. <laughs> maybe I'll put a maybe put a special message in it too. Like, and it wasn't fifty dollars. <laughs> Man, Lido ragged on him earlier, and now I'm just on a on a casino oh, bashing oh, roll. So 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 me. So that's that's awesome. And uh, I meant to ask. Um, yeah. Uh, how's the digital uh, been playing out for for Molly? It's, uh, it's been good, you know. It's you know, Comicsology schedule it is know, backed up. I know. Yeah, that. yeah. So they're rolling the they're rolling the parts out as they come out, but they're doing a really good job on it, and it's going to be on drive through comics pretty soon. Cool. And you know, we've got the uh, the audio uh, comic, which yes. is going to be from the audio comics company, which is in pre orders right now. You go to audiocomics.com, okay, and you can it'll be on Audible and iTunes and a bunch of other places. It's an adaptation of the first book. Yes, an adaptation of the first book. So it stars Olivia Duford and Bill DeFreeze uh-huh. and Robin Miles. Okay. And uh, for those audiophiles know who Robin Miles is. She does, uh, she does a lot of like audio, like audio adaptions. Mm-hmm. And Bill DeFreeze is the original voice of Bob the Builder. Oh, so, man. And I, I can't forget Lance Roger Axe and Elaine Lee. Who Lance is playing Medulla? What a what a name too, Lance, Lance Roger, Roger Axe. Axe, brilliant, <laughs> fantastic, and uh, JamalIgle.com for for, yeah, for so everything. JamalIgle.com and ActionLabComics.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. I got to get used to that because I'm going to be saying that a lot. <laughs> uh, ActionLabComics.com mm-hmm. for everything Molly Danger and everything Action Lab. So. And fantastic, and everything Jamal Igle. You should pick it up because he likes us. <laughs> Jamal, enjoy the. Uh, oh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, Three twenty-four. Uh, about, about an hour and a half. Hour and a half left to go. Woo! Enjoy that, and uh, maybe I won't buy anything else to make myself less poor. Hope everybody enjoyed that as much as I did. Because it was one of my favorite weekends of the year. And I'm not just saying that because that's what New York Comic Con had in their canned tweets. I actually mean it. It's one of my favorite times. I freaking love New York Comic Con. I love being able to take a train right to, well, not right to the Javits. That's next year, but near the Javits. And then walking over a few avenues and making my way there. Word to the wise, never walk up 34th Street if you can avoid it. Get off the train, walk up 33rd, and then walk over because nobody takes 33rd and you can avoid all the traffic of 34th Street. That's what we did all weekend long and it made a heck of a lot of difference in getting there in a reasonable amount of time. That is a New Yorker giving you a bit of advice. Remember that bit of advice, okay? And uh, yeah, next year, Jacob Javits Center should have that 7 train stop. I can't freaking wait because this is going to be sweet. Not having to walk all the way from Broadway or 7th over to the Javits. Ah, it's heaven in my ears. Once again, sponsored by DCBS Discount Comic Book Service. Get an additional 8% off on your first order by using the promo code CT8. That is 8% off of your first order. Star Wars Darth Vader and Cry of Shadows number one is 50% off for a buck 75. Teen Titans Go number one, 50% off for a buck 49. DC and Marvel trades and hardcovers are 50% off. And don't forget Rainbow in the Dark, the complete series by Comfort Love and Adam Withers. Comfort and Adam is their company name. 45% off for $16.49. You cannot beat that. 
do yourselves a ginormous favor and pick up that book. And again, it's not just because I helped make it happen. It's because it's a pretty book and you will like it, especially for that price. See you at New York Comic Con 2014. And we are two episodes away from episode 150 of Comic Timing. That means 149 will be a regular episode with me and Brent. I'm going to have to get together with him, and hopefully before the month is out, we will record another episode, and if not, the beginning of November. And then 150 is going to be star-studded. I can't reveal exactly what's going on yet because I still need to make final confirmations, but it will be voices you are very familiar with, some of which that have been on Comic Timing before, some of which that have not, but they're voices that are very influential to the history of Comic Timing. And the topic might be familiar to those of you who have listened to some of our back episodes, but... Those are all the hints I'm giving you for now. Until next time, the email address for Comic Timing is comictiming at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out the forums for Comic Geek Speak, which we used to be a part of, but you can still check it out at the comicforums.com. I do occasionally post there, and so does Brent. I post as I am sci-fi there. My Twitter account is I am sci-fi, so you can check that out. I underscore M underscore sci-fi. And my Tumblr name is hiha-ds9. Hiha-DS9. Facebook.com slash Comic Timing is where you can find the main topic discussion for Comic Timing, as well as when new episodes are posted. We will let you guys know. And we're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network over at ComicsPodcast.com and the League of Comic Book Podcasts over at ComicBookNoise.com slash League. Big thanks again to New York Comic Con for sponsoring us and for putting us in Podcast Arena. We had a great time. Thanks again to everybody who I hung out with while at New York Comic Con and everybody who I interviewed as well because, well, it was a lot of fun, and I hope that you guys get as much out of it as I did. So for everyone, I'm Ian Lundestein reminding everybody out there that there's always time for comics. I think I solved one once in my life, and that was like like a different pegs, peg games. Yeah. Like, oh jeez. I'd be sitting in like a, a Cracker Barrel, and they're like, "Here, try the peg game." Most photo bombs. I just imagine Mega Man destroys uh, Bomb Man, and then suddenly just starts showing up in people's pictures. Like, <laughs> what? what? It's like Mega like, Man, why are you doing this? I don't know. Ever since I killed Bomb Man, I just. Yeah, ever since I took his power, I have this unnecessary urge to photobomb people. Oh no! Blue, like fucking photo man and fucking boy, like, yo, why you want to get my pictures? Makes it's like, you better get all my pictures. I didn't know it was that type of bombing. Yo, they could make it, I, I guarantee you, they could make an entire game out of that shit. That'd be a great it'd, be, it'd be like Pokemon Snap. Yeah. That'd be a great iOS game. I also, I also want to see uh, Batman start directing movies that just don't do very well. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you gotta write all these down, man.
Attack on Titan. Can I take you guys' picture? Sorry, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I'm no, collecting no, no. as Dude. many of these people as possible. I know you are. Yeah, he doesn't have any picture of Wreck and Ralph. It's not cool. Yeah. It's not cool, man. You know why? It's because I'm a bad guy. But you're not a bad guy. <laughs> I'm bad, and that's good. I'll never be good, and that's not bad. And you really should have won the Oscar. That's Thank all you. I'm saying. Oh, you are Wreck and Ralph. My bad. Brave. <laughs> Brave was not as good as Wreck-It Ralph. Let's not talk about Brave. Yeah. Brave, <laughs> Brave was not as good as Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph is dope. No, all of a sudden I would have said Brave. Wreck-It Ralph is dope. You kind of like this is the other guy because he jokes about him. Wreck-It Ralph. Speak. You need to. You need to see that, and then you will understand. Yeah, yeah. And. Good to see your manager, bro. Take care. <laughs> Grand Central Eichel. <Idol. laughs> Everybody wants to talk to Jamal. Well, I got my representative holding down the floor oh at, at the booth. You, you can't get a better representative know, than that, really. <laughs> So how long until she picks up the uh, the pen and paper and starts uh, starts turning out? We're gonna stuff. wait a couple of years and then she'll start filling blacks and then we'll teach her to flat and Photoshop. <laughs> yeah, because again, like we said, they they frown on child labor. Yes, exactly. Jackie, Jackie, exactly. Make it fun. Yeah.